Hey everybody, it's your old pals Ian, Chewy, Alan, and Ryan. And we're here to talk about all the great shows on the Stuff and Things Podcast Network, aren't we boys? How many yes. shows? Oh wait, sorry. Uh, yes, we are. How many shows? <laughs> There's four good of job, them, Alan. Alan. Four good. of them, and they come out on all different various days of the week. Uh, of course, uh, every Friday you can listen to the original, the classic Stuff and Things, where Chewy and I uh, just kind of talk to each other like we're best buddies. We just kind of talk like just you, like you, your best buddies, like you just and your best like friends best talk, buddies. Like, yeah. like we're best buddies, like we're best buddies. Yeah. Watch it, you're on thin ice. I have Alan over here. I am it's right fine. here. Be friends with Alan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll go well. Uh, so yeah. you can check that out every single Friday if you like hearing conversations that you and your friends would have, but with two total strangers. <laughs> Uh, what else do we have on the Stuff and Things podcast now, boys? Well, I'm glad you asked, Ian. <laughs> Alan Selman. I took a stance here. Uh, <laughs> we, we have four color commentary. Uh, what's a that comic, show about? It's a comic. I'm about to get to that. Gee, Alan, what's that show about? Thank you. I'm so glad you asked. Uh, it's a comic book podcast where four comic book nerds talk about books that they bring, sort of like a comic book book club, but we also talk about other things like movies and comic book happenings on top of all that. So... Uh, it comes out every other Wednesday, which is free, uh, not free comic book day, but it is sometimes. <laughs> it's just every comic book day. If your parents every are still other. buying your comic books like they are for me, then it is free comic book day. <laughs> it's every other Wednesday that comes out. Gosh, that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's really excited. Ryan, uh, tell us about the redheaded stepchild of the Seven Things right, Podcast the, Network. The, the, uh, the, the sad, lonely other child of the Seven <laughs> Things Podcast Network is a podcast we like to call Super Action Bros. <laughs> podcast we talk about movies with explosions and car chases and lots of people dying a lot and stuff uh it's every saturday the most action-packed day of the week with ryan and ian yeah where we take a critical look at those movies that are commonly watched while eating a lot of popcorn and snacks uh and pizza and beer (laughs) i like those things (laughs) isn't there one more podcast that we're forgetting about nope let's move forward the dark recesses of the stuff and things podcast network where only the brave dare dwell not me. I'm out of here. Yes. I'm here <laughs> to tell you about the. You already talked about the redheaded stepchild. I'm here to tell you about the neglected, jet black haired, evil demon ghost. son of the sun ghost. Of the, <laughs> the sun ghost? Yes. The ghost of the sun? Exactly. Oh, I was thinking like a sun ghost. Like oh, sun, sun of ghost. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, uh, it is referred to as Eyes in the Dark, where we talk about horror movies oh. with. Movie expert, Dr. Oh, yes. Jurassic Price, <laughs> and the classic and ever velvety voiced Evan is on it. <laughs> and of course, because we have busy schedules, it is released every other Monday, the most terrifying day of the week. Monday is legit the most terrifying day of the week. See, guys, there's something for everyone here on the Stuff and Things Podcast Network. Everybody can enjoy a little something here. Um, and we want you to enjoy now. So sit back, relax, get yourself a nice beer or juice box. Yeah, if you're driving, don't drink beer. Don't do that. The juice box the is fine. But what you can do is Root enjoy. Beer, also, okay. <laughs> what you can do is enjoy another fine Stuff and Things podcast.
Hello, true believers, and welcome to Four Color Commentary, the continuing saga of four comic nerds and the books they love. Me am Alan. Me am Chewy. Me am Ian. Yo soy Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Always got to be nice. that guy. Of course. Hey, everybody. Um, welcome to Four Color Commentary. Hi. Hey. If uh, this is your first time with us, to, where am I? I prefer at? almond milk, actually, to soy. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I think we had that discussion to, already. Did we? Welcome yeah. to the NPR version of Four Color Commentary Welcome with your host, to. Ira Glass. <laughs> the show in three acts. Act one. <laughs> the show wow. in four acts. Four acts, it does, yeah. Sorry. Comic books confused. are something that America loves a lot. <laughs> but not as much as Japan or France. <laughs> but it's a, a uniquely American art form, the comic books that we mostly talk about. Jack Stevenson <laughs> of Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, owns a small comic book store. Anyway, no more, no more Ira Glass, sorry. Uh, so, um, I used to think I did a good Ira Glass, but, but Ryan proved I mean, me it's wrong. it's okay. <laughs> Ryan proved me wrong. It's, it's a useless impression to have because it, like, not a lot of people know who Ira Glass is. Like, unless you've ever listened to This American Life, you don't know who that is. Um, so welcome to uh, Four Color Commentary. Uh, if this is your first time with us, welcome. We are a show about comic books. I hope you like them because you picked this show. And if you're <laughs> a returning Four Color Cadet, we salute you and say at ease. Please re- return to driving your vehicle. Thank you for pulling over on the side of the road. <laughs> I like how we observing all traffic uh, signs and limitations. Uh, I like how we always assume anytime anyone's listening to any of our shows, they're, they're dry. always driving. Because well, it's like, eh, when do you guys listen not? to podcasts? That's what I listen to. Yeah, yeah that's pretty much that's when true, everybody does. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know so. I mean. If uh, this is your first time here, we, we welcome you. And we uh, l- like to give you a little bit of backstory on who we are and what the show's about. Before we do that, we have to go through uh, the business, which we talk about how you can reach out to our podcast if you like the things that we do. So thing number one you can do, if you'd like to, is reach out to us um, via our website, fourcolorpodcast.com. It is a Tumblr site. Yeah. You, you seemed Ooh. unsure about that. I don't know. <laughs> There's Maybe. a question mark there. Fourcolorpodcast.com. It's a Tumblr site. You can follow us on Tumblr and get uh, updates as that gets uh, updated. Uh, we also do have a uh, link on the side there that has a lot of different little little sidebar links with cool stuff. Thing number one you can do is subscribe to us via iTunes and leave us reviews and leave us... Uh, Leave us some cool stuff there as well as follow us and get new episodes as they come out. Uh, you can also reach out to us via various social media platforms. Uh, we are on Twitter. So for the show's Twitter account, it's at 4 Pod on Twitter. Uh, you can also reach out to us individually if you'd like, which usually is pretty good if you have specific feedback or something to say or to comment on Alan's artwork. Okay. <laughs> uh, so you can do that. We could not do that, I guess. You can do that by reaching out to us via uh, the following, following Twitter usernames. Uh, Alan, you go first. Let's go alphabetically. Yeah, mine is uh, at marginally talented. M R G N L Y talented. For Chewy, it's at Chupacabra. C H E W P A C A B R A. You can reach out to me, Ian, at, at Irich. That's at I R I T C H. I'm on Twitter as Ryan Roop. R Y A N R U P P E. Uh, you can also reach out to us via Facebook. We do a Facebook page as well as an Instagram account at Four Color Pod on Instagram. Uh, we also uh, do have an email address if you'd like to email us, uh, fourcolorpodcast at gmail.com, as well as we are part of the Stuff and Things Podcast Network, and you can listen to more of our shows at stuffandthingsnetwork.com. So, guys, uh, so there are four of us, and there are four sections of our show. We like to go around first and introduce who we are, so you know uh, who we are and what we're about, uh, Marvel Comics style. We like to give you kind of a little bit of our backstory every time, so you know the continuing saga of us. Uh, so... Alan, you go first as always because it's ah. alphabetical. Alan, tell us about yourself. Tell the boys and girls at home all about who you are. Ah. 
Okay, uh, my name is Alan, and I like arty things. Uh, so I like uh, art style, panel layout, um, page placement, that kind of thing. Uh, is the, what I gravitate gravitate towards the most. Uh, I don't like Batman that much, and I love Green Lantern. The end. Wow, that was very. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to start throwing that in there because I feel like I haven't actually owned up to that, and it just that's true. And I feel like if there are new listeners, they should know that about me right off the bat. That is a that's very true. important detail. Okay. My name is Chewy. Um, I tend to like comics that are a little bit darker, that are a little bit grittier, and um, usually have a little bit more blood and loose teeth in them. Uh, sometimes <laughs> I like stuff that's just kind of weird and out there, but in general, I, I do like things that are a little bit grittier. Something that basically you can grab, read, and say, whoa, that was pretty metal. Hi, my name's Ian. Uh, I usually like to read comics that are about superheroes. That's what I tend to gravitate to. Uh, but overall, I like any comic that has a really good story. Even if the art maybe lacks a little bit, if you got a good, song, strong story there, I'm a sucker for that. Uh, and I also try to find something I like in every book that I read. Hi, um, I'm Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Track. What are we talking about? Yourself. I'm we awesome. Get to, we get to <laughs> All right, done. I like comic books. Uh, is, that, is this basically it? Are we good? I mean, you could talk more about like maybe actual things. What 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 kind of what do you look for in comics? You like comics I like that are certain. I suck a lot. Okay, <laughs> is there a certain thing like you 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 like about you like comics of a certain type and comics as another thing? Uh, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, well that's fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, are you I'm so about glad we're off to like an energetic start like today. <laughs> I like science. Fiction. Like I like science fiction comics a lot, and I like comics that are like kid friendly. I like really bright colors in my comics. Um, you know, I like comics when they're sort of artistic and maybe comics that are, you know, kind of on a, on a, almost a, like a literature. So if you were to say that, if you were to say that more succinctly, what might you say? Comics is literature. Comics is art. Yeah. Close enough. We'll take it. We'll take it. Um, so that is, that is the four of us, uh, as you know, as you know, and as Ira told us earlier, our show in four acts, um, we have four different parts of our show as well, uh, that we go through, uh, part number one. Uh, is called Here's My Issue, where each of us bring a individual comic issue. We've traded it around everybody. We've all read each other's comics, and we come together and talk about them. Uh, <laughs> part number two of the show is called First Prince, where we read a classic comic book run, uh, or uh, basically, I, I always say run, and maybe people don't know what that is. It's like a, a, a little group of issues, of, of individual comic book issues. We'll read a graphic novel. Uh, we'll read something that we feel, maybe a newer book, or maybe a classic, something that we feel is good if you're just getting into comics, maybe a great place to start. Um, part number three of the show we have is the four color character compendium where we talk about superheroes or supervillains or a comic book team or like an organization or sometimes even artists and writers, people who are important to comics in general. So if you're brand new, it's kind of like a little history lesson for you in comics. Uh, and of course, like any good comic book, we end with the back matter. So that's all the, you know, where we get, we are from our four color mailbag. If you mail stuff to us, um, and we'll also talk about different uh, comic book and movie news and stuff like that. So that is four of us. That is the four parts of the show, and we begin. Now, I believe I drew the short straw this time. I believe that Hooray. is correct. And uh, I uh, actually brought a book. Uh, and funnily you enough... You am wrong. <laughs> me drew long straw this time. Um, yeah, why are we not going reverse order today? I don't know. Oh, that's true. Oh. I just broke the brains. Maybe we should now that I think about it. No, it's too late. It's too late now. I've already done this. Okay. So I brought <laughs> a book. Um, that is a brand new DC book that they just came out with. Uh, it is a book called Bizarro um, that is uh, written by Heath Corson and art by Gustavo, Gustavo Duarte. And there is 
for make Ryan happy, a little part in this comic that is drawn by Bill Sinkowicz. Oh, who yeah. Is one of Ryan's favorites. Yes, yes, um, is. But it's a brand new uh, DC uh, DC book uh, that just came out. Um, and it the idea behind it, we actually, uh, f- funnily enough, we actually have an interview with, with the writer uh, that we actually did last a uh, couple weeks yeah. ago. And we're going to be including at the end of this episode. So stay tuned after the closing music for that. But the way he describes it is the best pitch I've heard for it, which is Bizarro and Jimmy Olsen on a road trip like planes, trains, and automobiles. And that's the best way to put it. Now, if you don't know who Bizarro is, quick little backstory. Bizarro is like opposite Superman. He's, that's exactly what he is. He is literally opposite Superman. And the way he talks is Bizarro talk where everything is backwards and, and weird. And it's always opposite day yeah. for Bizarro. Yes. And he is trying to do good, but he's kind of failing at it amazingly. <laughs> so he everything is opposite to him. So uh, him and Jimmy Olsen, who's like Superman's pal, are going on a road trip because they really want Bizarro to get the heck out of Metropolis, so get him out. Clark Kent's like, hey, but hey, pal, why don't you get out of here too and take that big dumb idiot with you? Hey, you just <laughs> leave. So well, yeah, do that. That That's is a, the premise of the book. Uh, but uh, what did you guys think about it? Okay, so I was not present uh, for the interview that we did oh, prior to reading this. Um, so I didn't, I didn't get all the exposure. So let, let me go ahead and just say that I'm coming to this fresh. Fresh to it. Uh, yeah. So I did get the elevator pitch uh, before I read it, and I thought it was pretty silly, but this book is beyond silly. <laughs> like, it is just all kinds of silly, fun, awesomeness. And uh, it's really... It took a while to actually figure out because the the amount of attention that's paid to the way that Bizarro talks and acts with the me-ams and the opposite of everything. Like, he spent so much time crafting that, and I'm just... I, kudos, because... It's really hard to read, but in a really good way. Yeah. Like, I, I, I really respect that fact. Yeah, I mean, we talked, obviously, to uh, Heath, and we got to get a really inside in-depth thing, so I don't want to bring a lot of that up, because you'll hear it in the interview, and who who can say it better than than he himself? But, um, yeah, dude, I, I, you know me. I like books with like blood in this, and this would not really be considered a chewy book in the sense of... You know, no one's getting their face bashed in. Well, no there's a goat that gets his brain eaten. It's true. That's true. That's they true, did work in that's some There's another thing that Chewie does love, though. Yeah. Chupacabras? That is planes, trains, and automobiles. Oh. I love planes, <laughs> trains, and automobiles. I really do. And um, when I kind of heard that, and, and I, I saw that, and even looked at some of the... Um, some of the scenes, there was like one or two panels that's like basically the movie poster for Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, man, that is great. That is fantastic. Also, there's a chupacabra in there. And I mean, come on. <laughs> Colin the chupacabra, who is come his pet. On. He's exactly. eating a goat's brain. You know, there's that, and he's eating a goat's brain. And then on top of that, it's like, you know, it's me. And, you know, but it's, it's cool. I, I just dig that it's one of the things I really dug was as much as I do like the dark and gritty stuff, I mean, like DC has been doing that for so long now. And this was kind of a refreshing change of pace. It's and it was true. done in a way that's, you know, accessible to kids, but not necessarily like, Hey, here's a little kid book. Ryan, you know, do you know Ryan Somer? No. Ryan Somer is, uh, the artist of several web comics. Uh, most notably, uh, least i could do okay i've heard uh, of that all right i was just wondering if you were familiar because this art looks so much like ryan somer art but okay. like ryan somer mixed with uh uh like calvin and Hobbes 
is yeah. what I feel like. I, I feel like Bizarro is Calvin. Yeah. And then Jimmy Olsen is Hobbs. Oh, and it's like a straight, reverse man. role. Well, yeah. that's a, I mean, that's a really good insight because this book feels very, uh, and I don't, I don't want to, I don't say this at all as, as a negative thing, but it feels very like comic strippy. It feels very, it does like, like, like Sunday lots paper. of jokes. It's, it's a, it's a punchline book. Every, you know, every page, every couple of pages is, has jokes. It has jokes. It's a, Man, I just can't believe that DC, after <laughs> okay, so many this... years of Batman paint, would finally wipe it away. And and you know what? You know what we need is something that's just silly. Some Bizarro gloss on there. <laughs> yeah, Bizarro, oh, so Bizarro, Batman paint and Bizarro gloss. Bizarro, 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 Bizarro. Bizarro. So uh, it's gonna be so much of that. <laughs> what did you guys? So we talked. You talked a little about the. We talked a little about the art. Like, what do you guys think about the art in the book? I really like it. I think it. I think it plays to this book's uh, strengths. Yeah, I think it works really well for this kind of book. Yeah, because it's it's like super stylized and very simplified, and the book itself is super stylized and very simplified. So I think it fits, and I think I think it, calling out web comics in a lot of ways works really well because it it reminds me a lot of web comic style art. Yeah, which don't ask me to define what that means. I uh, for some reason when you read enough web comics, sort of like simplified and bright colors and and white panels, yeah. really know. clean line work. It's something that you look at and you just know. Yeah, you know that that's what it is. It's kind of hard to really. What I think is because it, it. in 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 web comic art, I believe. Uh, I mean, almost all web comics are done digitally. Not a whole lot of people are, you know, scanning in True. inked pages in, into their webcomic. Um, so you get that very, like I said, very clean lines. You can go back and, like, make sure every single line is perfect. Whereas in uh, printed comics, a lot of times, uh, not that every time, but most of the time, it's uh, it's inked on actual paper. So you get kind of those, you know, very realistic lines, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's yeah. what I think. The backgrounds uh, are really, really simplified, too. Uh, they're oh, yeah. mostly mostly blank panels or or something very stylized in the background. I feel like that's something that's uh, in a lot of ways akin to newspaper, not necessarily Calvin and Hobbes, but other newspaper strips or or um, or more web comic style stuff. But we're well, but what well, but but what works? Wow, that's hard to say. Uh, <laughs> in that case, is uh, is the fact you still always know where you are. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's got a good sense of place. Exactly, and and it gives like focus to the characters and to the dialogue, which is like what I. That's what I think is really cool about the Bizarro speech is this book is a lot of dialogue without yeah. being so many words. Mm-hmm. So to focus on dialogue that is super hard to read and understand the first time around, it's really, really cool. What did you think, Ian? Because you asked us what we thought, but I mean, it's, yeah, it's go ahead. like we haven't heard your you opinion it. on it. And stuff I think too. that this is something that DC sorely needed because we had a lot of books. At, so I got to give them credit. I know they did this whole convergence thing. And after that, they're kind of putting out some new books. But I got to give them credit. Like this is... A good job of of kind of almost doing a little bit like taking more chances like Marvel does. Like we read Howard yeah. the Duck last time, which feels like a very different book from most of the Marvel books that are put out uh, being put out. And DC really hasn't done that, so I'm really glad they took a chance on this. There's yeah. actually I'm, I I get, can't wait for more of the DC books I'm going to bring because there are a lot of really interesting good ones that yeah. have just come out. That uh, this is one of just one of the many ones that nice. I'm really excited to bring. Um, because like this makes me feel a lot like for a while I'm like well somebody we gotta have Marvel and DC representation so I guess I'll stick with that but now I'm like really excited yeah. to bring them right. as opposed to just being like <sighs> like Howard the Duck really really spurred that and this just is the other side of the coin for me on DC sweet um, now that that being yeah. said Bizarro's sort of I mean he's he's 
straddling B and C list. Yes, it's true. So yeah. do you think they'll like take not maybe this approach, but a lighter, harder approach with more popular characters? Or do you think they're going to leave it for the, uh, you know, these don't really affect continuity anyway. I think, I think it's better to be honest with you. I think it's better to do it this way because you have more of a clean slate. Like another great example of that, maybe not as silly in this realm, but also funny is Hawkeye. Yep. Nobody yeah. cared about Hawkeye. Right. And then all of a sudden, there's this huge match. And now there's this huge match fraction run that ended, but we still have one issue left that I don't know that when it's going to come out. Never. Yeah, that will apparently <laughs> never come out. But, um, but like you take a character like that, or even Howard the Duck now. They're giving away these characters that nobody care about. Nobody cares about. But like, think about Guardians of the Galaxy. Nobody right. cared about them at all. Even Iron Man. Nobody really cared about Iron Man until that movie came out. And so if you give people free reign with characters that are maybe maybe you know the top tier characters they have a lot of options for things they can do with them so your argument is it's better this way because there's less there's like no leash you know what i like yeah well th- yes there's not there's a, a looser or, or a looser leash at the very least oh yeah of course um but i think that you have now a wider range of things you still have batman still going on like it is you know capullo and snyder still continuing yeah. doing the darker batman which is great there's an audience for that but if you want something maybe a little more lighthearted, maybe for the kids it's also batmite batmite Bat has his yeah. own comic yeah. now That's too true. and something like this like this is just goofy and fun like it's good for everybody this is fun for everyone didn't we have this discussion a while back in back matter where i, I think, think we so. talked about um the the Mar- uh, dc specifically like licensing out their B and C list characters to do more fun books. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so maybe maybe we had a prediction going. Yep. Yeah. I think so. I think there's I think they saw what was working we over at Marvel with like Hawkeye and four. stuff like that. <laughs> and they're just like, you know what, let's give that a try. And yeah. I think it's working out well for them. You know what it reminds me a lot of is um remember Wednesday comics? Remember mm-hmm. when we yeah. were Wednesday comics? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They sort of did the same thing where oh, they the just thing sort I bought of, the whole stack of yeah, I found <laughs> them all. <laughs> yeah. Where where they just sort of like give a creative team a character and they're like, well, you know, do your have own fun. story. Play. Have fun with it. Yeah. It doesn't have to tie in with anything, and yeah. it, but it's only six issues or a dozen issues yeah. or whatever. But they threw in some A-list on that too. They yeah. did. Well, and, and yeah, but, and those were, but those were still continuity free. I mean, my favorite yeah. DC stuff is stuff that like pays, like, Realizes that all that continuity exists, but tells its own sort of story. Well, and stuff yeah. like and stuff like this too, which is nice, is you can you're talking about like you know, well, like what about those big A-list characters? Guess what? They're on a road trip. They can go anywhere uh, in the DC true. universe. Yeah. So who's Same to say they don't red. visit some of the bigger bigger names? We'll see. We'll um, see. Like Gotham City, <laughs> <laughs> oh, or no. or even Coast City, Star oh. City. Oh. I would love yeah. to see them visit each each of the major cities and yeah. just have those respective superheroes go get out. <laughs> like Bizarro goes in, wrecks no. some stuff, and they're no. just like, "You need leave. to leave now. <laughs> Continue on your journey wherever it is Did you're going. You Good ever luck." See that? Um, what was that show called? It was Todd Margaret. Mm-hmm. What was the full title of it? Uh, Increasingly poor decisions. Yeah. Is Todd Margaret. Todd Margaret. It's like that. It's like wherever he goes. You think Arrested Development feels awkward? Really, really. <laughs> I couldn't really get the first bad. episode of that show. I tried. <laughs> so but um, <laughs> speaking of fun, I thought they did some really fun things just with the art here and for uh-huh. me it was a couple of little details and one I, I don't know why I really like the scene where Jimmy Olsen's haggling with the Pharaoh uh, or with King Tut yeah, yeah. Um, where who is a car salesman yeah he's a car salesman King Tut <laughs> he's just like ah. he's not uh, an actual King Tut he's just a guy who calls himself King Tut yeah. I think he's he's based on the I think there's the a Batman, DC villain uh, well yeah, yeah Batman, the, Batman yeah. 66 yeah exactly oh really oh um, but where, where they're haggling and their uh, word balloons are intertwined, and then there's also a pair of just like 
bodiless arms that are locked in an arm wrestle because they're haggling on like price and stuff. I just thought that was like kind of a cool way to do it. And then the next I two that panels, was ingenious, yeah. the next two panels, they're wrestling. Like, like physically, they're, they're physically wrestling in a, like a wrestling ring and they're wearing wrestling costumes. And then finally, you know, Bizarro shows up and it's like, boom. And then like, it's back to reality. But I just thought it was kind of a cool <laughs> way to, to do it. Like visually. it was a really neat way to like show them arguing without it being like all wordy because yeah, they're yeah. literally fighting. And it's like this weird, like Zach Braff daydream. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is Jimmy Olsen Zach Braff in this? Oh, I he think is, he is. Probably. <laughs> Except less depressed. Um, well, so yeah. let me ask you guys this well, then. Is he? Jimmy Olsen working at a hospital. <laughs> let me ask you guys this. Would you guys, is this something? Because for me, I want to continue reading this. It's only been out, it's only the first issue. It's out King now. So you can easily pick, easily catch up on it. It's only one issue out. But this is something I think is sorely needed on DC, and I'm really excited to see where it goes because it seems like a lot of fun. I think, yeah, I, I really hope that this, this book does well so it opens up more doors for other things like i really want to see uh what was i talking about the other day oh i had the best idea for hawk and dove and i totally forget what it is now <laughs> i'm like i want to see like you gotta write those down man yeah i know i want to see like uh, a good hawk and dove book that just plays it you know tongue in cheek the whole time because i feel like that would be awesome i, I with the art before we leave this book before we leave uh wherever they were traveling to here there, there's a huge they're in Smallville. They're in, are they in Smallville they're right in Smallville. now? Okay, cool. <laughs> um, but there's a huge splash page there that I know Ryan had pulled up oh, here for yeah. a little while. And Alan, you're an artist, so let's let's hear it. I want, I want to hear you guys. Oh, that's. I mean, that's the the Bill Sinkowitz page. He's one of my favorite artists. Um, I just love. Or is it Sinkevich? Oh, it might be that. Actually, I think it's Sinkevich. Yeah, there you go. Sorry, sorry. No, oh, I'm I'm asking. Sorry, Bill. Sorry, Bill. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, it's just it's it's Bizarro's dream sequence, and like not only are the colors fantastic, but just the art is just oh like, yeah, it looks that like how he would dream. Yeah, it's it's as you the way you would imagine. It's, it's crazy. It, what it looks like is uh, like uh, nineteen circa nineteen seventies Harlem like street art, like with the <laughs> colors and yeah, like yeah. the like I could imagine that as like a spray painted mural. You know, like mm-hmm. on the side of like a brick building mm-hmm. type deal. Yeah. So and it's got all like the 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 oranges and like reds and then like a soft blue on it. Um, and the and best a rainbow part is and hearts and stars and and anything that has to do with him, Bizarro, is like really well drawn or like stylistically well drawn. Everything around him is just like smiley faces. Yeah. Because that's just <laughs> he, all he wants dancing. is smiling faces. The children dancing around a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> um, and hearts and stars and rainbows and. Everyone loves him and for kittens once. too. And it says and Bizarro number one. one. So, uh, well, if you guys want to check out Bizarro number one, you totally can. Uh, this is a great new comic. just came out. Uh, so you can check that out. Uh, it's available digitally. You should be able to find it in print, too, because it's only a couple weeks old. So you should be able to go to your local comic book store and check it out. Uh, we did the interview, like we mentioned, with Heath uh, at Fat Collectibles in Anaheim. So uh, stay tuned for that after the credits. We'll remind you a few more times before we're done with the show. But, um, yeah, it's a really great book. It's really fun. It's great for it's great for kids um, as well as adults. Everybody could find something they like in the book. So I would highly, highly, highly recommend it. So. Uh, moving away from Bizarro, though, and moving on to Alan's book. Alan, tell us about your book. <laughs> so Alan, brought- what the heck? <laughs> Alan, what is book? <laughs> so I brought a book called God Hates Astronauts, uh, written by, what's here? Artis. Oh, man. I love even the credits page of this book. It says, 
Artisanally written and drawn for the page by the ever-virtuous Ryan, what do you mean it's not butter brown? Made to be glorious <laughs> color by Jordan, don't call me Jordan Boyd. <laughs> Slammed with letters in the pa- in the proper order by Chris Crank Crank and Ryan Brown Brown. <laughs> and it like... <laughs> And uh, you know, uh, here Thomas Quinn, Ryan Brown, Jeff, uh, Jeff, Amazing Darrow. No, um, read the other ones here. Fanciful design, fanciful elements. design elements by the ever designful Thomas, the nickname Quinn. Uh, <laughs> cover A by the easily confused Ryan. Sorry, folks, Brown. Uh, cover B by the amazingly amazing Jeff, Amazing Darrow, and Ryan. Thumbs down, Brown. Um, so I brought this book because I follow Ryan Brown on in, on Instagram and Tumblr, and uh, I kind of just stumbled across his art, and then I saw this book show up in Comicsology a little while later, and actually it was one of those two things. It was one of those things where one and one and one, and then I got two. You know what I mean? I put yeah, yeah. You know, yeah the yeah, artist and then the, the book, and oh, it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, and then I started like kind of looking at the test pages coming out on on the Instagram, and I'm like. This looks amazing. <laughs> so I I had not read this before. I decided yeah. to grab it because I'm like, if basically this show is just me wanting to read things. So why yeah. not? Um, <laughs> and I think I kind of brought my favorite book so far. <laughs> All right. So so this book had me at King yeah. Tiger eating a cheeseburger. King Tiger eating a cheeseburger, which is his name, not which, his which title. Which I got confused until we met Admiral Tiger eating a cheeseburger. <laughs> My this book had me at the Crab Nebula two years ago. My beloved Crab Tina, I can't wait to see you. It's a guy <laughs> with a crab man. for a head, not not like a crab esque. He's not a alien crab. Head. Whole crab. He's a guy. His head, head is a crab, a crab. Yeah. like a whole crab with like, pinchers. Remove your head. Put if, a crab on your neck. If I may, yeah. what this did is this took every bit of middle school randomness. <laughs> And adult swimness. Yes. And combined it into a comic book that had me no joke. And maybe it was me at work yeah. that day when I was reading it. I had a really rough day. But I was sitting outside laughing, reading this alone, laughing like an insane person while looking at an iPad screen. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> because no. this is just like, Alan, this is like everything you and I joke about together. All the goofy like C-Lab humor. Yes. Oh, and like just random, weird, stupid stuff. But it's 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 like every like... It seems like eighth graders wrote this book. Right. But I mean that in a great way. But in like, a good way. It seems like, and then there's a tiger eating a cheeseburger, and his name's Tiger eating a cheeseburger, and this guy like likes this chicken, but like they can't be together. So like, <laughs> and this guy likes this chicken, which so, is like, an understatement. He like, he like puts his bot like the body of the chicken, but he's on not this just, girl. He's, he's an astro farmer, but he's a farmer who's an astronaut. But apparently, NASA is some governing police. <laughs> oh body. my god, it's amazing. Oh it's man, so funny. Start. So, uh, what's so, Name Stargrass? Yeah. Oh, Stargrass, Stargrass is my favorite character pretty much of all time so, at this point. Alan, Alan knows I couldn't really contain myself, and I kind of was talking yes, about this. Yes, we had to talk about this. And I was, who's like, your favorite character? I think you and I have the same favorite character. Oh. If it's not Stargrass, oh, I know I'm who sorry. my favorite character is. I know who mine is. Mine's, mine's 3D Cowboy. Oh. <laughs> it's my old pal. Cowboy. It's your old pal, 3D Cowboy. Hey, I hope yeah. I did a good job. It was my first recap and all. <laughs> <laughs> um, My thing is, I want to put 3D glasses yeah. on and see if he's really 3D. I was talking with with yeah. Alan, and I was like, you know, this book is written like every little idea that comes in in your head, where you're like, that'd be funny. Like people would read that, right? Yeah, people would read that, and then you're like, nah, that would, that, <laughs> that would never sell. It seems like they were just like, you know what? Screw it. Why not? Yeah, let's just do it. Let's, let's just do, do it. it. See what see what happens. And I was like, you. 
You also, did what I've always wanted to do but could not do. <laughs> also, I did really enjoy Baseball Hat Farmer and Big Chin Farmer. Yes. Yeah, all the names. farmers don't have names. Uh, they just, just have like... Whatever their major like like look trait is, that's what it is. That's because that's how you know they're going to die. <laughs> oh, my favorite thing By is... Way, this book to... is not for children. Let's just start no. out there. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. not. For children. I like all... Bizarro, not kid-friendly. My all favorite the... thing is... Because Stargrass is... He has his own uh, hey, backstory, but... Hey, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the story. <laughs> <laughs> I love Stargrass because he is a I former superhero who had his head exploded, yeah. who was then bonded with a bodiless cow head yeah. Ghost uh, cow who head. is constantly Ghost on head. fire. And he is just the biggest degaff like person in charge because <laughs> why not? And he's got an astro chair. He and does. he's in an astro chair. And he's just like, I don't want to have to come in there. Look, I could kill you right now, but I don't want to just come out. of. I, why are you making this difficult? Here's what I like about Stargrass. He's like, all right, if because and Ian knows and this to be true. Beer. Ian knows this to be true that I, I can be like this sometimes. There's like, hey, so if you don't do this, this is going to happen. All right. Guess it's happening. Yeah, I really don't want to do it, but it's going to happen. And then like the, the NASA um, dude is there and then he's just like, where were you? And he's like, I was eating some corn. Why were I told him I was going to steal. Told him I was going to steal some corn and eat it. So I'm eating corn. <laughs> <laughs> I brought all these star bears just so you wouldn't put up a fight. If you're going to fight, what's the point of me bringing all these star bears? Doctor uh, uh, Sir Hypothesis. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Why didn't we do this when we had Doctor Professor? He was an idiot. Doctor Professor, who's a rhinoceros <laughs> in a lab coat. <laughs> It literally is I don't every know. eighth grade random oh thing that God. you would laugh about all in a comic book, but it's still so effective. It's and I'm so 27 funny. years old now. I doesn't. I don't know if that says something about me or if we all are just that way. <laughs> I love the onomatopoeia in this book. Yes, yes. That, that is exactly oh, yeah. what it's I was just, thinking. I'm, I'm oh, reading yeah. these onomatopoeias Shares and I'm like, explode. this is exactly Chewie's favorite kind of onomatopoeia. Death yeah. toss. Where it just tells you what's happening. <laughs> uh, my personal favorite is about to smooch. Yeah. <laughs> or exploded barn powered punch about That's to true. click That's tears of joy <laughs> exploded barn power <laughs> i have to say that that chicken, that chicken on that woman's body is pretty disturbing oh yeah <laughs> i mean a chicken of all things <laughs> okay so here's the thing I, 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 I the dude that sells him the chicken in the first place is yeah, awesome just like, where he's just like he's like <laughs> what is what is he say? he's like uh Please don't have sex with that chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and then you see him like in the background. He's like, he's calling the cops. He's just like, oh, he called the cops on this, and, and they hauled me off to jail. Hennifer, wait for me, baby. They can't keep us apart. Oh, Her name God. is Hennifer. <laughs> okay, so there's a disclaimer. Anybody listening to this podcast right now who has not read this book, this is one of those podcasts where you have to read the book. Yeah. I'm sorry. I wish there was a way for us to describe what's happening, it's, but there's just see it to not. Be, you have to we, see we it can. to believe it. We would sit yeah. here and describe every panel and everything that's happening is the only way to do it, and we're not going to do that. Yeah, and so it's just one of the things you have <laughs> to read. I'm sorry. I have to give you an update. My, fa- my new favorite one. Is not is not the about to smooch. My new favorite automobile is Murder Town. Murder yeah. Town, <laughs> where she's like ripping them apart. Yeah, yeah I, like, I like I like hypothesis running riding in in a chariot. <laughs> it says float. float, but the chariot is being pulled by centaur <laughs> spacemen. Yeah, like half horse, half guys in spacesuits. Yep. That's. Ugh, I also like marital strife. 
That's a pretty good one. <laughs> I really like, Sire, you're crushing the royal burger. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we have to stop just quoting panels because <laughs> nobody's gonna, everybody's tuned out at this point. Hey, but what, this is such hey, a what fantastic did he, What did he say? Uh, but you know he said you had to give me your lunch. You know what? Really? <laughs> <laughs> and let me... <laughs> you know what uh, I want? I want a Cheryl, trucker. No I, want, I want a farmer trucker hat that says Farmers Against NASA. Yes. That's what I really oh, want. Do if it. I could have one piece of like merch from this, <laughs> Farmers Against NASA. Oh, I man. agree. If you can hear us, Ryan, please do make it. it. Make I'm it right, so. I'm right here. No, not you, no. Ryan. 3D, the Cowboys, the 3D Cowboys on the cover. The talented Ryan. <laughs> I did not see 3D Cowboy on the cover until yeah, he just is. now. <laughs> he's my favorite. He's, he's, like he's like a little ghost. <laughs> he's just this little ghost with a cowboy hat. It shows he up for used three to be panels. a cowboy and then he died. No, no, no. He shows up for one more panel and make sure we're enjoying the story. It's so beautiful. Eat faster, you bears. <laughs> I've never seen something so pretty in all my life. Every safe travels baseball hat. <laughs> every single panel in this book is funny. There's like a joke in every single it's one. It's like why why do punchlines when you can just shout random awesomeness? Right, we need to talk about the art. Okay, yes. let's talk about it. It's art, fantastic. Art's fantastic. It's, it's like so good. It's it's way like I don't know how to put this. If you're if you're listening to this and it's like, oh, this guy's got a crab for a head, and this guy's got cheeseburger. This is not a webcomic. Tiger a cheeseburger. It's oh. like beautifully detailed, incredible, and the like photorealistic. Colors are fantastic. In, in the same way that Ryan says the Lego Movie has no right to be as good as it is, this art has no right to be as beautiful as it is for this subject matter yeah, that, of this I book. Agree. The chicken is it's, incredibly rendered, and it's a creepy chicken <laughs> it is a creepy chicken <laughs> but it's so good like this it's it's so heavy-handed art I, with this yeah. silly story i think you know Wait, what did you guys see uh when he meets the chicken and the chicken like does like a turn look yeah over yes. and says, oh hey, oh, hey. <laughs> a little hard you know what i think i think more books this book has the perfect amount of middle finger drawing i want more <laughs> books of people searching the bird because it works every time it's used here. Just people throwing their middle fingers around, and it's so funny. Oh, man. Oh, Alan, my God. You win. <laughs> yeah, finally. Um, you win. Oh, man. I, it, it's it's beautiful. It's hilarious. Like I said, it literally had me the like first two like a Modoc? How did I miss that? It yeah. is a Panda Modoc. Yeah. yeah. It's a Panda Modoc. <laughs> Um, the, it's it's funny. It's got an interesting story to where you're like, what happens next? And then it kind of gets heavy handed at the end, where it's like, I'll have my revenge. You're like, oh, there's like, there's not just jokes here. There's like a plot. and then the last panel. Yeah, I couldn't hear him. What did he say? Uh, he said you need to let me eat your uh, your lunch. Seriously, if he said so. Um, he also said let me have sex with your wife. Cheryl, no way, way. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, so good. I, uh, I, I love. I love, I love the shot. Like, talk about good art. Like that last page where he's addressing all the spaceships. Oh, yeah, and for war. Yeah, he that, says for that war. It's incredible. It's a brilliant, brilliant panel. It's like three quarters of the page. You get these awesome crab-based spaceships, and then like tiger humanoid. They're mechs tiger trons. In the back. Let's be honest. They're yeah. tiger trons. They're yeah. tiger trons lined so up in the good. back, and I'm just like, this is so good. Oh my god so yeah. alan where can people find this book? everywhere <laughs> like pretty much i mean look under your pillow it's there right now i would say in this particular in this particular <laughs> you leave a book there honestly i would say get this one digitally like get it off comiXology because even though they take a cut i believe that this book should get as much money straight to the creators as possible <laughs> that's what i think 
I agree. Um, I mean, and own it because unless you want to, unless you want to try to do 3D glasses with. I'm sorry. The letters page at the end. We have to go over that real yeah, quick. Yeah. Unlike refreshing Snapple, this is not made from the best stuff on earth. <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't know it was my turn to order. Can I try the London Royal? Retired umpire overheard at a restaurant. <laughs> like <laughs> it's like criticisms. It's so funny. All right, go ahead. Um, well, that was awesome. This is my favorite book of the week. Um, so <laughs> sorry, guys. Um, but moving forward, though, la- uh, not well, not lastly, because we're not lastly there yet. But anyway, moving on to the next book, uh, Chewy got some, uh, some big shoes to follow. Yeah, what'd that. you do, buddy? <laughs> so tell us about the book that you brought this time. So I decided to venture into um, into big two territory just because I gotta and I gotta do it in in my own way, of course. So what I decided to do is I decided to bring a Punisher book. So I brought uh, Punisher uh, number one from Marvel Now, uh, written by Nathan Edvinson and drawn by Mitch uh, Gerards. This is the most recent Punisher series, This right? is the most recent Punisher series uh, through Marvel, like just standard continuity and all that sort of stuff. And it's Punisher, and he's in L.A., so watch out, bad guys. But in any case, so what's up? What would you guys think? Uh, my favorite celebrity cameo in any book this week. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, thought exactly as I thought. Oh, of course. Look yeah. at him. Come on. That's exactly It's him. Danny yeah. Trejo. It is Danny Trejo. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly my first yeah, thought is, on that it panel. Look, oh, look, look, it's Danny Trejo Good playing Lord. the uh, the Mexican like drug when, lord. I like when his eyes Amigos, are all messed up. Sorry that we were late. <laughs> <laughs> we were caught up in hearing the voice. U.S. Coast Guard. <laughs> my name is Machete. <laughs> How old is that guy gonna get before he stops doing that? Oh, never! I hope. Never. I hope he. I hope he does it to the day. I, think we're gonna, I, think I hope Tar- he's buried with a machete. I think Tarantino's gonna make a movie called Old Man Machete. No, well, that's okay. that's Robert Rodriguez, sir. That's Robert. Rodriguez, oh, is it? Sir. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. fair true. enough. But wouldn't it be cool to see Tarantino do that? <laughs> well, um, no, it, I it would I, be. You know what? I, what I really liked about this book, as far as the story wise, I like that where you would see other characters maybe in the marvel universe or other superheroes show restraint the punisher does not <laughs> like in any That's way kind of his thing as, well, but, but 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 i like yeah, that, i like that they play that up because it makes it something different than what other marvel books would be like yeah. oh he's a superhero no, no this guy's murdering people <laughs> yeah like there's a whole point in the end like oh you're never make it upstairs there's so many guards they'll pull guns on he's like oh i never planned on going upstairs pulls out a rocket launcher <laughs> and just out the top away. floor yeah it's probably like, my favorite part simply because of course it's like, what he would do because yeah. you have that whole like almost like the the villain like monologue like oh yeah and they like show all the different things yeah. that he's gonna have to go yeah. through you know yeah. what's interesting about this book is and and I I thought it was kind of silly at first because it seems less like the Punisher and more like and friends uh, because <laughs> a lot of this book yeah. is yeah. Uh, Frank is the main character mm-hmm. but all Frank half Castle. literally half the dialogue is somebody else talking. It's true, and then he will either act on what they're saying or react verbally to what they're saying and i think that's really interesting because it's not just i'm punisher everybody else shut up i'm gonna kill people yeah it's like i'm punisher i'm already doing my thing you all know who i am so everybody else is adding their insight to give the reader multiple points of view on what you're seeing happen anyway so i think it's a really interesting way to tell a punisher book specifically yeah Yeah. you you can tell these guys who wrote or the guy who wrote this really likes the punisher yeah he gets the character cool about that is you don't have like the whole you know just monologuing all the time and like it because think about it for someone who would do that stuff do you, are they going to be a chatterbox no, no they're no. just going to be like eggs 
coffee, please. All right. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> there's going to be like, I'm going to go home. Um, Take a nap. But yeah, dude, there's, I thought, I really I mean, dug, I mean, for me. the story sets it up well. I, I think like the, the last couple pages are, we're like, oh, where's this going? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you have the Howling Commandos yes. show yeah, up. Yeah, that was crazy. You know, you kind of tie it into something you wouldn't really expect, I think. But um, I, I really dig the um, the art in this book. I do too. You know, I like. Oh, yeah. I, like I, I want to comment real quick on the character design. Oh, I like the way yeah. that they did that. I like that it's not. No offense to Disco Boot Punisher with white disco <laughs> boots, but I really dig this like kind of like pseudo military Punisher. Yeah, almost like I don't know. He looks like Tactical yeah pseudo Punisher. Yeah, pseudo military Punisher is the best way to put it. But he looks like a, for lack of a better word, like a video game character. Like he doesn't have like a whole he's more outfit. like Solid Snake. Yeah, he's kind of yeah. more like that, but like Solid Snake in a t-shirt. It's, and he has. Got, <laughs> I, I like that on his little like he has the Punisher your shirt or he has like a black shirt but uh he has like a in one of the panels with the big bazooka he's got like like a tactical gear with the skull painted on it like it looks really like it looks like homemade as opposed to being like i bought this costume and costumes are us has a big old skull on it (laughs) (laughs) yeah he just he just right it looks more it looks more like he's for lack of a better word he looks more like a crazy person who lives in the mountains who drew this costume himself which is cool yeah it's just kind of like off the grid but no i i'm with you i really dig the art in this book i like that i think that honestly this is where the opposite where the story got me i liked it okay but like the art really kept me reading because it has that very strong it has a very fast and loose style where it looks like he was sketched but each line is deliberate mm-hmm. like uh you could take you would definitely take out a couple of lines if you absolutely wanted to but like it's pretty bare bones um in my opinion yeah and the colors are are amazing i think the colors say, are what, i yeah. think this movie the the book feels really really cinematic it feels yes. like you're watching like an la crime story oh yeah for like sure like uh you know like a i don't know something not as madcap as crank but it i don't know something like heat almost yeah i feel um, like if if marvel was going to make a punisher movie at this point it would be like this well, yeah we're going to see him in daredevil oh yeah absolutely that's true <laughs> yeah which is basically this i guess but, <laughs> yeah, but just of. like the colors each page has sort of like a theme color based on where he is like when he's in the desert and stuff everything's mm-hmm. really sandy colored and then like when it's Yellow, evening orange, we green. get kind of that um get kind of those you know those those blues and that aquamarine color and mm-hmm. then the orange of the fire it's just the color work on this book is really really good yeah it's really good um there's a couple of really good panels here like the one where she's holding the skull ring and you see the the skyline of oh, LA, yeah. Like yeah. The background. That also but, that's the other thing that makes me think mm-hmm. like it's it's very much like a movie. It yeah. seems like a a crossfade you'd see in a film. Is yeah. Punisher canonically in LA now? Yes, I think so. Yeah. Oh, that makes a lot more sense in New York, in my opinion. You also yeah, have um, the the scene or the scene <laughs> scene movie the panels where he's upside down swimming. I thought that was really that was really cool. cool. And, and, and you're awesome. like, oh okay. And you're like, oh wait, no, he's breaking the. Oh, oh that's really neat. Oh, they. T- oh man, and I like that he's going after like the the cartel and stuff. It's a little mm-hmm. bit more like topical and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, you he's have- going after guys who deserve it. Like he's not just going after innocent people. Yeah, yeah. Well, well Punisher's I mean, Punisher's whole deal is yeah. that he goes out after people. No, I know, but I mean, when you're gonna have a character who's killing, you like you know, you could easily just make him like a a, a well. He's also kind of a contract killer, though, isn't he? No. He's, he's always been he went after He yeah. went after Spider-Man. Well, okay. <laughs> Maybe initially, yeah. Yeah, I think, like, and so he always kind of had that kind of edge. to. Well, it doesn't seem like he'd go out and kill, like, people on purpose. Like, but, he wouldn't just be like, hey, there's Spider-Man. I'm going to kill him. Yeah, no, he wouldn't do that. <laughs> but he but he would kill people who were bad. Well, I, I think also this, we're seeing 
uh, another stage of Punisher, oh, the character's sure. evolution. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, he was he created? Was he a '90s character? No, no he's, he's created in the '70s. 70s. Really? Yeah, 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 his first yeah. appearance was in Spider-Man. Huh. Yeah, Vietnam, we do bro. A compendium on that. What? Uh-huh. Vietnam, bro. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because Vietnam is like, oh, we need someone that's like an anti-hero. Yeah. So you have that. Um, yeah, I feel like great. So, I. I I Great. the point is that I he was created probably to be very gritty realistic like kill everything type person but over you know time now we have this more calculated paramilitary yeah um, yeah more discretionary Punisher mm-hmm. and I feel like that's just a stage in Punisher's evolution mm-hmm. as a character no, I think I agree. this book has influenced greatly why I kind of thought yeah Andrew Lincoln could be the Punisher yeah. And I mean, I was kind of a little <laughs> too far. Yeah, I was, I was, I was kind of close, you know, because Shane, <laughs> Shane's going to be the Punisher. But um, he kind of looks like Andrew Lincoln in here, you know, the, at least on The Walking Dead. But um, yeah, I, you know, I mean, there's been lots of great artists to draw the Punisher and, and mm-hmm. some of the greatest runs of Punisher, um, you know, Garth Ennis and, and, and so forth. You know, mm-hmm. you, you've had um, some really great stories, and sometimes what happens with Punisher, especially in the like '90s, is you get a lot of really glossy Punisher. Yeah, yeah. and I'm like, that doesn't seem to always fit for me because if you think if you're thinking gritty, it's got to be like just flat and muted and mm-hmm. just dirty looking, and that that fits it. So to me, the art in this really stands out. Again, the, to me, the story was kind of like okay, it, it sets it up. It it's kind of like okay. Here's this thing, new guy in town. You know he's he's gonna take some people out, but mm-hmm. um, they give you a little hook there at the end, which really you know they throw a couple little twists in there, like where he gets out in the middle of traffic, where he shoots the rocket launcher into mm-hmm. a building, <laughs> you know, and then um, just towards the end there, the howling commandos. You know, I thought that was awesome. Um, I'm gonna s- spoil, but not spoil something for you. In issue two, he gets a sidekick of sorts. So I. Um, I would say it's probably worth at least reading the next one and kind of see where that goes because that's where I'm kind of like, oh, man. Cool. All right. Interesting. Well, where can you pick this up, Chewie? Well, I mean, it's Marvel. You can get it online uh, through the Marvel app. You can get it through um, Comixology. I picked it up in person, uh, Brick and Mortar. So you can go ahead and do that as well. You know, you could find it fairly easily. It is a number one, but um, it, it's not like it was the most popular out of the Marvel now or anything like that, but... Hey man, now it's that, still going. Yeah, it's still going. A and now with uh, the new uh, Punisher, um, you know, or not the new Punisher, but with Punisher being in Daredevil, and who knows where that goes, might be worth picking them up while you can find them. So yeah, cool. Uh, well, moving away from the Punisher and out of the Marvel universe and into uh, Ryan's book to close us out for uh, here's my issue. Ryan, More tell us about military. your book. Yeah. Speaking about heavy things, Jesus. seriously. <laughs> uh, so this book is called Zero. Um, I kept hearing, I just keep hearing more and more good things about it. It's it's kind of like a paramilitary, like a military action book set in the future. Yeah. Uh, But not that far in the future, just kind of like, you know, 20 years in the future. 20 or 30 years from now. Yeah. Uh, So uh, it's written by Alice Cott. I think that's how you say their name. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then drawn by Michael Walsh. Uh, Alice Scott has been doing Marvel stuff and just tons and tons of stuff. But this is, this is sort of like the big breakout book. Um, so I had heard lots of things and I hadn't read it. Um, but it's kind of brutal. 
Oh yeah. yeah, brutal is a good word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a chewy book. I mean, yeah. if the we went from like happy, happy, happy yeah. to oh no, this episode. <laughs> if, if 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 the Punisher is a chewy book, this is definitely a chewy book. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, in, in the Punisher, he Punisher cuts, was chewy light. Yeah, he no, cuts, this is he like cuts no. off a couple dudes' fingers no. and then feeds them to crocodiles. If this is if the Punisher is a chewy book, this is like chewy after serving in the military and seeing some <laughs> stuff. Book, like it's super uber realistic. Yeah, um, but it's 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 really heavy. I mean, that doesn't mean it's not a bad thing. It's it's it it suits the book and it's the point. But it's really heavy. <laughs> it's a really fast read too. The yeah. way it's paced, mm-hmm. you just kind of like boom, 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 which I think is great because it just pulls you right into the action, mm-hmm. like a movie does. Yeah. You know what I mean, oh, yeah. again, I kind of got a lot of that. I kind of felt like I'm watching, um, like. An action scene in one of the Bourne movies mm-hmm. or like, you know, even like, you know, Black Hawk Down or something like that where it's just like, oh, you got to move, move, move. And they put a timer on it at one point, you know, which is pretty cool where, yeah. you know, he's counting down in his head to when the helicopter leaves or mm-hmm. and he's kind of interrupted. And it's just like, you know, prevent casualties at all costs if possible. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, if possible. And I'm yeah. like, oh man, this guy's cool. No, the book is, is really heavy handed, but it's a lot, but it's like really awesome. It's, it's, <laughs> can't even put into words. So I, I, many, like take all also the, not a kid's book. Just yeah, no, not, all, not the things, yeah. no. all the things that Biz- are called Bizarro, adult situations. The only children's book this time. Yeah. Take everything you could be considered an adult situation and put it in this book. Yeah, it's true. With the exception of heavy drug use. Yeah. But even then. <laughs> yes. Joey, we know <laughs> some people have some adult love making time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, speaking of the art, though, that's an odd, odd segue, but speaking of the art, you know what this really reminds me of, and I couldn't put my finger on who it reminded me of until just now? Huh. David Mazzucchelli. Yeah. Reminds me very much of Batman Year One. Oh, Batman yes, Year One? Yes, I know. <laughs> true, there's a wiener in the book. We <laughs> <laughs> God, um, it reminds me of, of, of him and... Um, and of Dave Aja. Yeah, it's like both of them combined together. Like, yeah. I really like that. I think Aja is a good comparison. The yeah. art is really cool in this book. You don't see the David Mazzucchelli influence from year one? No, I, I, do. I, do. I do. I do. Oh, what? You don't see it, Alan? <laughs> <laughs> she think you're better than me? You think we want we want to do this, bro? Oh, this is America. It's wow, America. okay. That guy, actually, like, no, it's it's like, like, I'm just saying, yeah, I would compare it to Aja. It's, it's okay. actually like Israel or wherever they were. No, we can Palestine. go, Alan. We can go right now. No, I'm, I'm good. Thank we you. We can though. go right now and I'll rip can't, that little arc reactor out of your go. chest. You can't go. We're in the middle of doing something right here. You can't go anywhere. You want to stay. You want to go? No. I want to finish recording this. <laughs> I can't do that if I go somewhere. No. Um, um, dude, I, I loved it. Chunky lines. Just really yeah, chunky like lines. Dirty. They were dirty. They were like, some are connected, some aren't. You know, it, everything has weight in this. The colors are Dynamic. just like really, really mm. saturated, like heavy. You feel like if you were to touch the page, it'd be wet and come off your fingers. You know, like the the colors. So I thought that was yeah. that was a pretty awesome touch. Especially to all it. the reds, yeah. When it's mostly just gray and tan, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, so there's some really cool scenes in this book. It drives forward and doesn't stop. The, a dude rips like bites a part of the other dude's face off. Yeah. Like there's teeth missing. It, it's exactly what definitely I definitely one of the, the like definitely one of those books that made me cringe. Well, oh yeah, oh, for sure, oh, a lot, a lot. Like I was like, like the entire time. <laughs> Like, um, oh, God, get through the dialogue so I can turn the page. Oh, God. But I'm I'm really interested because the book does a really good job of getting you hooked instantly because it shows this guy who we're talking to who tells his whole story with a kid 
with a gun behind his head. Like, all right, you can kill me, but let me tell you with this. I'm like, what is it? Why he's is he sitting? He's sitting on a cliff. He's an yeah. old man sitting on a cliff holding a bottle. And a kid has got a gun pointed at his head. I'm like, why does this kid want to murder him? I want to know. And this guy is an old dude. He's messed up. Oh, yeah. He, he's seen some stuff. That's for sure. Um, and then the last page just tells you everything you need to know to keep reading. 40 minutes later, I'm out of the country. I lie about killing the Israeli. I say, the, I, I say he lost the fight. I say his own people executed him. Five years later, the agency finds out uh, the truth about it and about everything I've done since. So what Boom. has he done since? Exactly. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, now yeah. I want to read the rest I of this I want to know more about this. I really, I really liked it. It's more, really tell me more. Like, <laughs> did you explode? <laughs> we haven't done that in a while. Let's keep it that way. No. Okay. Tell me more. <laughs> yeah, from what I understand, oh, they just well, wrapped well, it up. <laughs> from what I understand, they just printed the last issue of this. Oh, recently. did they? Yeah, so it's it's finished. The oh, minute uh, I don't know if the last trade's out yet, but it's it's you can. How many issues is it? It's eighteen. That's pretty, I think that's a, that's a fair amount. It's a fair amount to read. Um, yeah, it's I I really like it. I love the art. I really love the art. The story is really heavy handed. So it's like. It's like a, it's like one of those movies that you watch once and you're like, okay, I think I'm good to not see that for like four years. Like, I think I'm good <laughs> to not read this issue again for like yeah. three or four years. It's but heavy. that being said, I'm glad that I read it and I'm glad that I, I, I took a look at it. I really like the art a lot. What's cool about the art is even though it fits and you have such a complex like just like stuff happening sort of scenes, mm -hmm. it's super simple. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I think that's kind of a cool way to balance that out. You, you have a scene where there's a lot going on and you really simplify the style, mm -hmm. but make it heavy with really thick mm -hmm. lines and just solid color. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was pretty rad. Yeah. yeah. So Ryan, where can people check this out? Um, this is available, uh, collected. It's in trades. It's a standard image, image um, collection. So the first trade is like 10 bucks. Uh, the individual issues, uh, especially number one, is a little bit harder to find, but I did get my hands on a... Uh, the phantom variant with paul pope doing the cover oh cool um which i was pretty stoked about yeah. but um but yeah it's it's available digitally also which is um the first way that i read it i got it like every so often they do like a image free number ones and that's how i ended up picking it up first before i before i read it cool uh so well that's gonna take us out of uh, here's my issue this time and now we need to move on into first prints where uh i recommended a book and i had not read this but i'd heard really good things about it um and it is a book called a marvel book actually five issue miniseries called dr strange the oath uh written by dr strange <laughs> written by brian k vaughn uh who we might know from the show was writing a why the last man and saga um an art by marcos Mar martin or martin martin yeah. I don't know how you say it. Which sure. One of the two. One of the two. Martin. So I apologize, Marcos, if you're reading this. But um, it is a five-issue miniseries about Doctor Strange where some serious, some pretty heavy issues are dealt with, but it's really fun. I had a lot of fun reading this. You know, this is the same creative team who did that book, The Private Eye, that I brought a while ago. Oh. Yeah, no, you're right. right. Same artist and writer. Okay, that's so, where it kind of felt a little similar. Like, okay, yeah. so let's talk. Let's talk about it. What do you guys think of this, the overall story? So the uh, the it opens up in the uh, in the back alley clinic where superheroes get all patched up, <laughs> and then you get Iron Fist who pulled a hammy, I guess. So <laughs> and right was, there, and who is icing the wrong part of his body for that? Which I thought was weird as well. He's icing his knee, and I'm like the the kinesiology major in me was like that's. But okay, <laughs> that's the point, though. Uh, also, but he's sitting next to a young girl named Aranya. Oh yeah, she is the she is the Brazilian Spider Girl. Oh, that makes really sense, is she a clone? Uh, I don't think so. I think that she also got bit by a radioactive. There's a lot spider. of them about. 
Interesting. <laughs> Everybody oh, yeah, no, she's, she's I, I recognized her immediately, actually, because I have a daughter who likes superheroes, and she's always trying to find out about all the girl superheroes. Mm-hmm. So I knew awesome. who Aranya was. There's more than one spider in the world. I guess. More, more than one radioactive ones, anyway. What? Uh, There's a lot of girls in the world. Really? Yeah. Like half of the world. It's Were weird. you just pining for like your ex-girlfriend because you Are thought you she was s- the only one? I thought she was the only one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh no! Well, see ladies. Um, um, yeah, I I think that this story is really cool. It's got a good arc why to it, are right? There so it's so many ostriches. <laughs> so it's I, I appreciate that. I, I um, it's got this uh, slow start, and then it goes bang. Uh, Doctor Strange has been shot. Which you're like, what? How does that even happen? Yeah. <laughs> apparently, if you use Hitler's enchanted magic gun you with can a do silver that. bullet, yeah, apparently yeah. it could break through his defense. Well, I mean, Hitler was basically like black magic like it was like bad magic well i mean all the whole stuff with with marvel and magic is just talismans and things and well, yeah with the and, power based on their history and, i mean like you know like how hitler like was like i need to find like the spear that like you know killed christ and like yeah. he, he was all about like if you have these like powerful items like mm-hmm. you, you know you'll be powerful. you have mass power yeah. so i don't know maybe his evilness just soaked into like one of the most evil devices what I, I think that was the point what yeah. i really dug about this is i like that it's a good it believe it or not it just sounds weird because it's a it's a it's fairly new, a couple years old book. But I I like that it was a good like intro to Doctor Strange. Like you it have is. no oh, idea yeah. who Doctor Strange is. This is a really great one to read. I've read virtually no Doctor Strange, Same. and I was really yeah. happy to read. This. Really also, also it was a really good Doctor intro uh, to Night Nurse because the yeah. only yeah. all I know about Night Nurse is from the Daredevil TV show. Mm-hmm. And so this was a uh, I really liked. The, the little bit of like Marvel world building they did with Nightmare. Yeah, and I, I like, like yeah. how they included his origin story. Yeah, in, in, in no a way idea. that made sense, but didn't take up eighteen pages just yep. on its but own. But at the same time, like kept reflecting itself in the story. And, and I love the way the forth. recaps are done at the beginning of each issue. It's not like a typical yeah. Marvel one page where it's like this is Doctor Strange, and they do it it's, in clever it's done ways. Like, that are oh, different. here's a memo that yeah, like, here's this a guy yeah, got, or like an know. ancient scroll yeah. or this. Like, there's all this cool stuff. It's really neat. Um, but it turns out that uh, Doctor Strange was shot. Uh, his um, his uh, his I don't know his ward would you say or not his ward his, but like his his man his, his boy his, sir. his nah, boy. he's he's his body man yeah you know? he's like that a, guy like a like a like an Asian butler who knows kung fu he's like his he's Asian like Alfred. his he's <laughs> like his butler slash bodyguard slash friend yeah yeah um, has, his, has his, a brain tumor his Alfred <laughs> so apparently yes. so Doctor Strange is shot. Uh, he the uh, his ward. I'm gonna go with that one. Takes him. His well, friend. ward is like young. I would okay, say his, his friend. His friend. Yeah, his, his friend. friend takes him to the night nurse. His Alfred, if you will. He <laughs> apparently is astral projecting, of course. So he still gets to communicate and everything, yeah. but he's on the table there. Astral projection is scary. It is. Yeah, it is. It's scary. awesome. Uh, so somebody came in, stole a vial of a very important a potion yeah. that which, he had previously stolen, which he had from, stolen by killing a like interdimensional demon thing (laughs) cat baby and uh and and stolen it uh for the kingpin who intends to possibly destroy it or do something else with it uh it's a which he originally attempted to steal to cure his friend of his brain tumor yeah because apparently what this thing is he had some analysis done on it turns out it's the cure for cancer but not only that but as we learn later it's the cure for all diseases the panacea it's everything 
it's, dude, it, don't you wish that existed? Well, this brings but, up, what's crazy is this brings up some crazy ethical yeah. like questions. Yeah. Yes, agree. Well, and that's it did a good and job. That's the oath in question. Yeah, they're talking about the Hippocratic oath, which yeah. is you know the do no harm. Because yeah. Doctor Strange, if you guys don't know, used to be a doctor, Hence but he was like doctor. a playboy. Like he was I'm, like a Batman doctor. He's like he's like if Tony Stark was a doctor. Yeah, yeah that's but true. Tony Stark crashed his car. World class brain surgeon, and then he crashes his car and basically loses all you know, ability to do stuff with his hands that is precise, like surgery. Yeah. Um, and so he learns, he tries what? to find meaning in his life and searches the world and becomes, you know, it's great. With the mystic arts. You know, what's great about this book. It shows Dr. Strange as the dog strange as you know him. So yeah. competent and powerful. Uh-huh. It shows him before he was Dr. Strange, yeah. which is pre anything. It shows him as intermediate Dr. Strange. So as he's learning mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and then it shows him as, present Doctor Strange but vulnerable. Yeah. So it sure. gives you a broad spectrum. Over the course of what is this, five issues? Yeah. The yeah. whole thing is five issues. Over the course of five issues, you get Doctor Strange in a barrel. Yeah. Like I here like I know. have all the strange yeah. you need. Exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> whoa, really Alan? After Thanks. I left my mouth I thought maybe I shouldn't have said that. No, perfect. Oh, um, gee, thanks, buddy. <laughs> I felt like when we're looking at Doctor Strange, especially back when he was like a surgeon, uh, is um, I felt like I was watching like one of the soaps. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> it, it was just like, and now back to Doctor Strange, the Oath. <laughs> With Did like he, a piano in the background. Like, yeah. dun, 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 Did anybody else attempt to read this in uh, Cumberbatch's voice? <laughs> I didn't. You know what? I'll I be attempted. On, I'll be no. honest with you. After reading this. I think he'd be a great choice, especially since it's going to take a few years and he's going to be a little older by that point. Mm. I think he's going to be a good call. And I, <laughs> I, I, to me, this drives me home they're, more. They're aging him, so he's like just ripe. <laughs> they're ripening hey, him man. up. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be a few years. Yeah. Um, but the way he said it's like, it was like, oh, they're waiting until he's he's ready. And they're like poking him like, mm, yeah, he's ready. I really, <laughs> I really like that a comic book about a magic like man a who has a magic like potion and a magic levitation cape can can pose the question of if you had the cure for every disease in the world, should you distribute it? Or should you not? Right. Yeah. Because yeah. He was, and what are the because he brings like it turns out by the way like this the guy who ended up I'm gonna spoil the book turns out the guy who ended up saving Doctor Strange's hands and basically in and and well and basically saved his life uh, essentially for making make his hands work still at least in some way um, ends up being the bad guy in this book because he. Um, he basically tries to, uh, I guess, align with all the other patients that Dr. Strange was kind of a jerk when he was an actual doctor and like, I wouldn't know. help. We would not help people who were not paying him. Basically. He yeah. wasn't, he wasn't doing it. He was a worse version of house. Yeah, he was. <laughs> um, but, um, but when a we find out that the big head house. bad guy is like this guy who worked on him and he, he poses the question of like, well, if you, he's also like, uh, I, I guess the CEO of it, or like, he's like somehow related to this huge medical conglomerate. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, timely he pharmaceuticals. Yeah, get it? Yes. <laughs> he poses the point. Marvel was yes. originally called. Time. Yes, he poses the um, the issue. Okay, you're still pointing. <laughs> he's he's pointing around the room. Um, so uh, he poses the question of like, yeah, you could do this and it could cure every every disease in the world, but then you'd have over overpopulation, and then you would also be if you think about it, you'd be putting a lot of people out of jobs. There'd be no more need for doctors. There'd be no more need for nurses. There'd be no more need for anybody because you had the cure to everything. So what's the point? Which is kind of like, uh, which one is better for humanity? It's an ethical question. 
It's oh, really it's, it tough for for to save all of humanity. I must I must let individual humans come to harm. Yes, the zeroth law of robotics. Oh God, zeroth. Jeez. Yes, it's there's, it's there's like a whole book on it's this. pretty yeah. heavy handed for a yeah. book about a magic man. Like yeah. literally, <laughs> really, <laughs> magic there's Mike, a lot of the there's doctor. There's a lot of like ethical dilemma in this book that yeah. you have to that you it it's like yep. it, it like it it pierces deep. Like it does shot in the heart with a magic Hitler gun <laughs> <laughs> from from a, a from a dude who's actually pretty awesome. I kind of like that character. He's I pretty awesome, Redigan. but he sucks. Yeah, he did. He does suck, but that's what makes him so great. I, I, love, I love it's like some it's like, who is this guy? <laughs> like, why? Like, why is this guy with a baseball hat on? Yeah. Like, did it, I how did he hold his own against Dr. Strange? It's Weirdly pretty, enough, I thought it was, I thought it was Daredevil. That's what I thought, that's what I thought too. He looked because uh, he looks like him. But I was like, well, Daredevil wouldn't do this. I'm like, who is this guy? Who's yeah. this jerk? Um, but let's talk. Let's talk about that. So let's talk about the Did art. You, here's oh, a question: Did you? Because I know you, mm-hmm. and also you. Uh, did you guys read? Um, Let the record show he pointed at Ian and Alan. <laughs> oh no! What? No. What else? What else? Is, what else am I doing on record? I don't want. To. <laughs> um, did you guys see? Uh, every time I read um, anything, it was Wong, right? Yeah. Anytime Wong said anything or did anything i know i like i know he's asian yeah. but i was reading him as lord Varys from game of thrones <laughs> game of thrones all yeah. right because he's like bald <laughs> and he's just like i would do anything <laughs> for master just like all like secretive <laughs> and like quiet yeah i don't know i can that see it sense. i can see it i can see it um I read, anyway sorry is it bad That's that good. i read him as yule brenner <laughs> no, no, he seemed very Yul Brenner. He looks like Yul Brenner. Um, for those of you kids who don't know who Yul Brenner is, he was the king in The King and I, in which Julie Andrews was the I. But you should. Now, was it Julie Andrews? Yes, it was. Oh, okay. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. I, I read him as Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> I was, I was going to bring up the Magnificent Seven. That's my favorite work that he's done. But anyway, um, but let's talk about the art uh, in the book. Uh, it's really good. Yeah, it, I really like how the art is sort of a balance between, like, kind of house style, like Marvel house think. style. But but there's a little bit of there's a little bit of that individual. Like there's these these really thin well, lines. There's there's just these these bits that make it distinctive. It's it's in a similar way that Mike Allred art looks very much yeah. like Mike Allred, but this is like it it looks like. Other stuff that I've seen that Marcos Martin has done. So I think, how about this? Uh, it is... It's Deborah thin- Kerr. Question. Sorry. Sorry. It's Deborah Kerr. Really? <laughs> what, yeah. do you mean, what do you mean by house style? So uh, here's what I think. Uh, I think that the art style itself is very, I would think, Ryan, I don't know, uh, European-ish with the thin yeah. lines uh-huh. and the flat colors from yeah, the most part. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now the panel layout is Marvel standard house style where it's got so Marvel house uh, or house style in general is um, Marvel or DC will give artists free reign to you know do their thing however sometimes they need a book that is classic this like you have this many panels on a page and these kinds of things need to happen and it's just like this is tried and true formula that works and you need to stick to this formula work within the lines um, I think the panel layout and maybe in panel um, um, direction is more standard Marvel fare. Got a lot of guys. Okay, well, bring it up, but give me a sec. Like you got a lot of guys doing the weird 
acrobatic flips. Uh-huh. You got a lot of the straight up face shots with bright colors behind them. That's you true. got a lot of the uh, zoomed out, uh, like for when they're fighting the giant tentacle monster thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I that's what it reminds me of. It the panel layout, the the art may not be classic superhero fair, but I think the panel layout exactly is. I mean, I would. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna completely disagree with you because I think that you're mostly right. But there are parts like the part where the last couple of grains are falling through the uh, hourglass and the guy yeah. is is falling off the building um, that are just kind of that are pretty incredible. No, I and agree. I think, but I think that I think that it's less like Marvel saying like you need to do this, but it's more like this is a this is a straight up like no almost no spin on it superhero book yeah and so we're doing this stuff that works because it works that's okay so i didn't mean to to say that like marvel told them to do sure sure i'm just saying that when i read it it felt nostalgically capey okay yeah yeah does that make sense yeah i can see what do you you think being a cape expert I i think so um, I, I think there I think what Ryan was pointing out the other panel uh, I do agree that there is some deviation but it's pretty pretty solid like four to five maybe six panels a page it's I mean there's some occasional ones that are different that are smaller and stuff they take a little bit of liberties but overall yeah it's pretty pretty standard Marvel style in my mind well, I think you're right on with calling out the kind of European style art I agree it no. is very much not not like Tintin but more no. like like some other stuff that you'd see come out of like like Meta Baron Meta Barons or or some of the other like kind of thinner French lines, and, flatter yeah. colors. Mm. Like a lot of the shading is done basically in the inks itself. Yeah, basically it's stuff that I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's what I figured you would really really like it. I like the panel where the other doctor tried to use magic powers to save a guy. Instead, he exploded because the guy's he tried face. to magically make all his white blood cells fight the cancer, yeah. but instead made his white blood cells fight everything in his yeah. body and destroy themselves. And Jude's head. I'm just not sure exploded. that holds up scientifically, but yeah, it would magic. <laughs> if magic, you tell a white Alan. blood cell everything is is out to kill it, it's going to kill everything. Okay, I mean, wouldn't it? I don't know, dude. That's why I said I don't <laughs> it's know. Magic, guys, it's magic. But I come from a world where the same thing. Um, so I don't know. What, this is a world Strange. where there's a guy who flies around with a, with a hammer named Meow Meow. Meow Meow. What's Meow Meow? It's this magic hammer that only he can pick up. He oh, and, a, and a horse faced spaceman. Ah. <laughs> well, no, the new Thor also. Oh, that's right. Who is a human Thor. and will remain nameless? Yeah, because somebody wants. To, somebody here wants to read the book. What read books? <laughs> you, it's you. I, we, yeah, I, t- I told you. Like, do you want to know who Lady Thor is? And you go, no. I'm like, all right, no, I don't. Okay. I did. Anybody else enjoy the end when you got to see Doctor Strange do kung fu? Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I like when Doctor Strange kissed the lady on the face. <laughs> <laughs> really? Did you? No. <laughs> I could have done without that panel. Actually, that was the only yeah, bummer part a little of the book. Forced. I was like, oh, no, no. Oh, I felt okay. like that's where it was going. It, it and fits. I, yeah, yeah, but like you it know works. what? It I feel like. I, let I, it, let it, they're, they're hinting at it the whole time. They don't quite get there. Let that happen off the page. Like, let us be like, oh, and then later they go and they Okay, kiss. but at the same time, this book feels very, I don't very uh, uh, 40s, 50s ro- romance yeah, action does, movie, it right? Has, so, yeah, like, it, it feels very Casablanca. The, the book has to end with that. Oh, in yeah, my you opinion. like Nightmare? That's I true. like Nightmare. Guys, I feel like this horse. Horse. Work, horse, I feel like, like, I'm I'm super curious now if this is gonna be the Doctor Strange movie. I mean, it has everything a movie needs. 
except maybe the the abundance of evil villains but it has a minor villain I as i don't know if i can see i mean and the the thing is both of the villains you can swap those out for whoever yeah, yeah. that's true like those are those are interchangeable villains yeah, that's true. i could see rosario dawson and uh and benedict cumberpatch oh, yeah. they're both tall <laughs> <laughs> both tall that's a that's a thing that matters <laughs> I know that when I've been on dating websites, the number one thing is this wait, is movies. That matters like in movies. Yeah, <laughs> matters in movies. You would be surprised if tall matters females need tall males because mm, they, not necessarily. Okay, let's. I'm making <laughs> generalizations. Let's not assume that I'm like making factual statements. No, no, no. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm making generalizations to make life easier. You just wear like platforms. <laughs> You want to pull a Tom Cruise? Yeah, I know. I can't get them out of there. Um, (laughs) Well, you guys can check out this book for yourself if you like. It's five issues. It actually reads relatively quickly. It does. Um, I read it in probably about forty-five minutes. So that being said, for one hundred for one hundred and twenty-four pages, yeah, uh, pretty interesting. If you want to, if you're like, well, I, you know, I'm I'm into those Marvel movies. I'm curious to see what they're gonna do with with uh, Captain Marvel. With I'm sure they're gonna pull from this. Who is that guy? This, I'm sure this, the is, this yeah. is this is almost it's not it's not Batman year one but it's like if you want Doctor Strange's origin and where he is now and what he does if you want a good like, like just encapsulation Doctor Strange story this is great and I highly recommend it Absolutely. yes sweet so uh, well that is going to do us for uh, first prints and now we move on to uh, the four color character compendium compendium so Ryan. Being our resident expert here, let me slide to unlock the the mail ba- the. He has uh, to open, venture down into the mythic dungeon and bring back the tome, for us to open. Uh, who will be we be visiting tonight, Ryan, in the in the tome of comic book history? Oh, oh. I, I guess that sounds off on my. <laughs> Uh, we're going to talk about the Scarecrow. Now, the reason we brought up the Scarecrow is this: the, is, the Batman villain. We don't normally talk oh, about the this Sky Crane. We don't normally talk about this. Well, it's a much to Alan Sugar, and we're talking about a Batman character. But it's interesting um, because it's a villain. It's not Batman. So Batman's villains are pretty interesting. Right, Alan? I'm sorry. I'm not paying attention. I heard, <laughs> I heard the word Batman on his own Batman's, out. Vi- Batman's villains are I like interesting. scaring right? crows. Come on. Give me, give me credit here. Batman's villains are interesting. Yes, yeah. they are. Yeah. I like them. Okay. Guys, <laughs> right. I like scaring crows. They're almost as good as smashing pumpkins. Oh, my God. <laughs> you mean counting crows. Oh. And they're nowhere near as good as smashing pumpkins. Well, no. I was talking about scaring crows. <laughs> it's not a band. It's where Billy Corgan <laughs> steps in as the lead singer <laughs> for <laughs> counting <laughs> crows. Master Charles, Hemmings. Wow. That was, uh, that was a back-ended <laughs> reference right there. Yep. Been hanging around this town <laughs> on the corner. Sma- <laughs> smashing crows. Well, does that mean that there's counting pumpkins? Like, they just <laughs> switched it? <laughs> oh, I want that the to world. exist. Wow. <laughs> Tonight. <laughs> Can you sing some smashing pumpkins as what's-his-face? Oh, God, I don't know. Well, I was trying. <laughs> He's harder. He's harder. I can't do his voice. <laughs> it's like it's Cross. like half of it's that like, rocker voice wow. and half of the. It's so, hard. So it's like, what it, 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 isn't the reason we're talking about this because of that Batman video so, game? So yeah, they have a new <laughs> video game that just came out. We don't really talk about video games very commonly on our show, but a new Batman video game called Arkham Knight, uh, the final spelled with a K, right? Yeah, K N I G H T uh, has just come out, um, and it's the final kind of except of for the on rock computers, steady. it's not out. Anymore. Yeah, well, yeah, there's some computer yeah, problems, yeah, but. Yeah, yeah. If you have a, a PS4 or a uh, or a uh, Xbox, Xbox One, you could yeah. play it. 
Um, and uh, it's actually pretty neat. It's a fun. The, the games are really fun. It's really great. Like really probably the best superhero games I've ever played, to be honest with you. But um, the main villain in it is Scarecrow. So we thought, oh, well, that was a good time. Maybe maybe venture back into the Batman villains and Scarecrow. We haven't talked about into yet. the cave of Batman. Villains. So let's talk uh, about Scarecrow. The gallery, the rogues. Gallery. Yes, the rogues gallery of, of the Dark Knight. So tell us, uh, Ryan, oh, who a whole is gallery full of roses? That sounds beautiful. the rogues yeah, gallery. The roses oh. gallery. Oh wait, I thought we were talking about DC. Yeah. Rogue is from Marvel. Um, so tell us about uh, about the Scarecrow, Ryan. Who is the Scarecrow? Uh, he is Doctor Jonathan Crane, a psychologist. 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 <laughs> Psycho- he's well. He's sometimes a psychologist, sometimes he's a psychiatrist. psychiatrist. Sort of depending. Sometimes on he's, he's a ventriloquist. <laughs> that's he, a di- he's a psychologist that uses a little dummy. No, that's, like, a, that's a different guy. That's like, a whole different hey, guy. Hey, want to tell me your the problems? Ventriloquist. Hey, that's... you like soccer? Soccer. <laughs> no. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, so, so he he likes to use fear-inducing drugs Christ. to get people to uh, to address their fears. Address, address them like you have a problem, John. Well, I, it's that's You're sort gonna, of where the idea started, and then he lost his mind. Kind of like kind of like immersion, like immersion. Therapy. Yeah, yeah, therapy. sure. But right. then he went nuts. Then he went nuts. Um, did he, did, as, why did as, he go nuts, or did he just lose it one day? Yep. Yeah, he just sort of lost. Did he get high on his own supply? I I think that that's probably what happened. Uh, You never get high on your supply. That's bad business. That's bad business. So, do you know who created the scarecrow? Who created the scarecrow? Bob Kane and Bill Finger. Really? Both of them. World's finest comics number three, September nineteen forty-one. So Bill Finger did this. Yeah, for the (laughs) most part, Bob Kane signed his name. Bob Kane was like, "That's neat." Uh, Sorry, but, Bob. But Every yeah, time he, I hear Bob Kane, I hear Bob Dole saying Bob Dole. <laughs> Bob Kane. Bob Kane. Bob Kane. Bob Kane was Kane really good let, about writing his name. Bob Kane Kane's. made Batman. Bob <laughs> Kane made Scarecrow. Did he? Bob Kane made everything. <laughs> okay. Bob Kane. So uh, Bob what Kane. are so what so his origin? He just he just had some of his his own fear toxin and went crazy. His his origin is that. He's a Batman villain. <laughs> like, this is, this is yeah. 1941, and then he popped up again in like 1967, and then popped up again after just Crisis of Infinite, Infinite Earths in, in 1986. Uh, at, like up to that point, he was just sort of like, just sort of like King Tut as a Batman villain. It's like, what's the origin? He's King Tut, the Batman villain. Okay. Like that's the origin. Well, my understanding is that well, yeah, he created a, a fear gas that was meant to, like exactly what you said is that he's supposed to try to have people confront their fears, but then decided to use it as a weapon against people. Much like we talk about how Batman, you know, Batman's Rogues Gallery kind of is a is a mirror version of Batman himself. And I know Alan's giving me a look here, but much like Sinestro, Batman uses fear against his enemies to 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 cause him to act up and, and act a fool so he could punch him in their stupid face. Um, but Scarecrow takes it to another level. He just he just uses fear as a weapon against everyone, whether they deserve it or not. So that's that kind of same reflection. Like if Batman really took it too far, he could do the same thing and use that fear toxin. In fact, he has actually in some of the comments. What? Actually, it says here, prolonged exposure to his own gas caused brain damage. Oh, he went nuts. Yeah. so yep. that's- He's a crazy man. <laughs> but and I mean, he's scared of Batman. I'll be honest with you guys. Like Scarecrow, like the Joker can be pretty scary, but like I seen some really scary looking Scarecrows over the years. Yeah, Scarecrow is one of those things that you can like. He's like the goth kid. Really, villain. He, he can really. You can really play up the mask and so, yeah. like the raggedy and the demon like in the shadows type. Yeah. feel. Well, especially you now look, you can play up the sort of like Slenderman. Like feel if yeah. like if the Joker is is My Chemical Romance. Scarecrow's like 
No, no. If the Joker is like Marilyn Manson, Scarecrow's like Nine Inch Nails. Like Scarecrow's like, I'm not messing around. I'm evil and I'm scary. Like I'm not. I'm not. I don't have to put up all this big fanciful show. I'm just evil and frightening. Is Nine Inch Nails evil? uh, Nine Inch Nails is pretty frightening. But okay, here's what I'm saying. No, Scarecrow is like uh, Einstein and (laughs) Nurbotten. Okay, there you go. There you go. Where it's just scary noises and like yeah. clanging can we, metal. Can we, can we like, like make, my point is that it doesn't have an th- analogy in my side of the musical words. <laughs> sure, yeah. Alan. I don't um, know what one would be. All right. Well, good one's talk. like a happy, happy. One's go-lucky. like Blink One Eighty Two. The other one's My Chemical Romance. Okay, great. We'll go forward. Then. <laughs> okay, that's all I got. <laughs> now, one is the, the the Joker. I guess my point is the Joker is very theatrical, and Scarecrow's not. Scarecrow's just pure about pure terror and and fear. He's crazy. Yes. The Joker is like a killer nope. clown maze, and this one's just like have, a murderer maze. Does he have pumpkin bombs that release fear gas? No. I feel he like that should be does a thing not, that he does. He usually injects people with a needle. He's not really Halloween-themed. <laughs> yeah. or He's more just sort of like, what's creepy? Let's think of <laughs> yeah, creepy yeah. things. Creepy things that are that are more like creepy because... You know, they like exist in the dust in the back of your mind. Yeah. Kind of okay, I, 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 I think I got a good analogy. The Joker is like that kid that's obsessed with serial killers and like wants to freak you out by being like, oh, Charlie Manson's the best. Oh, man. Oh, John Wayne Gacy's cool, right? And like he freaks you out, right? But he's just like out there. Scarecrow is the killers that he's obsessed with. Yeah. <laughs> Scarecrow is those guys. That's the way I see I, have a, I think it's giving Scarecrow have, a lot of credit. No, I have a really dark one, but I'm not going to go there. I'll tell you guys it's on mic. It's not, it's not appropriate. Um, but no, I think Scarecrow, like, the Joker's more about, he's, he's evil, but he's about the, uh, theatricality. Like, he likes big displays of things. He wants attention. Scarecrow just loves to cause Scarecrow terror. wants everyone to suffer. He gets off on people suffering, really. He, yeah. he, that's, he likes he's the super terror and the fear. Well, I mean, the, I mean, a lot of people have, are familiar with Scarecrow. Because Batman Begins, right? He's the main villain in Batman Begins, mm-hmm. and and his goal is to douse the entire city with fear toxins so that everybody loses their minds and goes crazy. Yep, it's the Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I I really my favorite my oh, favorite I love role. Cillian Murphy. In that I movie really too. Like yeah, Cillian I mean, Murphy. I liked him as the judge in the third movie, yeah. though, like yeah. where he's just like. Well, of course I'm gonna rule this place, and you're guilty. But yeah. <laughs> you know, also he is in the third movie. Also, the ice. you know, Cross also the ice. you know that the only reason he was the judge was because Heath Ledger died. Yeah, it's true. Because you know, in that world, especially because it's like, how do? Oh, who passes judgment? Someone who doesn't care and is about anarchy. This yeah. is what he looks like in Arkham Knight, you guys. Oh, good That's- lord. <laughs> Terrifying. terrifying oh he's like a yeah. scary zombie man he's like zombie. he's like let's take the animated series version and make it really freaking terrifying yeah um and dude, i thought even, even in the animated series he looked like creepy dude did you ever see when they did the the when they did the second round of the animated series when yeah. they when they redid his costume again yeah. pull it up look at the third one yep. so yeah he looks he's, like sort of like a like an undertaker zombie yeah oh, the, man, the first one he looks like, like a, like a, a guy dark dressed creature as a scarecrow. For, uh, the first one he looks like Scarecrow from Wizard of Oz, but evil. Yeah. And the second one looks like Scarecrow from Wizard of Oz, but he's also a serial killer. Freddy Krueger. Yeah, Freddy Krueger Scarecrow is the second one. The third one, one. is the just third one is evil. Like yeah. Undertaker Zombie. Oh, man. Yeah. Ugh. Scary. Weird. He's got a creepy costume. I've but, seen some, like, honestly, I've seen a lot know. of people dress as the Joker, but if somebody walked out of the, well, if anybody walked out of the darkness while I was sleeping, I'd be afraid. But if it was like between, 
the Joker walking out of the darkness and like a person dressed as the Joker and a person dressed as like that scarecrow, I'd be like, oh yeah. man, something. I had some bad Del Taco. Yeah. <laughs> something happened. Oh, no, I just released some fear gas. Oh no. <laughs> Beginning of that game is terrifying because everybody turns into like this weird zombie faces and it, oh, it's scary. Ooh, it's scary. Let's talk more about Scarecrow the guy. Yeah. So Jonathan Crane is not. So what are some like. Well, I mean, we talked about he's in the animated series. We yeah. talked about him being in Batman Begins. Um, we talked about him um, being uh, well. He, I mean, he's around for a long time before that. He was in even in like the goofy like Legend of like Legion of the Super Friends. Like yeah. he was like one of the bad guys yeah, there. He was yeah, but he was just and he was he's <laughs> always been looking. the like creepy bad guy. Yeah, yeah, you know, like followed by ravens. And he's he's even in uh, he's in Sandman. Like. like Really? Shows him in Sandman, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Well, doesn't he cuz Alan, you know this. You know about the whole like Blackest Night event. Doesn't he doesn't the yellow ring the the Sinestro Corps pick him? Yeah. He's really So, I uh, let me think. Hold on. I think that's true. Why is my knowledge failing me? I'm pretty sure he is the uh the yellow deputy at that point. <laughs> but uh yeah, he he gets crazy fear powers. Um yeah, I see a picture. Obviously, Yellow Ring does try to choose Batman at some point. But Batman's like, no, get away from me. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, all right, next person up would be, well, Scarecrow. So let's do that. But like, there's even points where I've seen stuff with Scarecrow where I'm like, even Batman, like he, he's even affected Batman in some pretty dark ways because yeah. like you know, he brings up all the nasty the stuff that scares the hell out of him. So I, I think that's I think that's what's really terrifying is because it, it taps it. It makes your worst fears real. Like whatever you fear the most, even if it's something as silly as like, I don't like bats. They scare me. Like it, that becomes reality, and it becomes and it like distorts. Like fear toxin is Joker toxin's bad because it makes you like have a rictus yeah. grin and all like la- can't stop laughing. You laugh to death, but this brings your greatest fears to reality. You literally die of like panic. Here's what I think is scariest about Scarecrow is the idea, the concept. Like you said, it, it's fear. Fear is something we all experience. You know, with the Joker, it re- the. The chances of you meeting someone that's pure anarchy are, are very slim. You know, Penguin, you know, it's just, it's not quite the same. Fear is something that can happen at any time. And we all have that. And sometimes, you know, we have to fight fear off in order to continue to function. And the ability to, let's say, overdose on fear is natural. We can all just do it without taking anything. Mm-hmm. And there are things that we do take. Like, you know, if you, if you take medicine, you know, or something like that, sometimes it makes you like drowsy or, or whatever. Or if you like drink or, you know, people say if you eat spicy food before you go to bed or like said Drake. No, yeah, Drake, <laughs> Drake, the nightmare um, running through your dreams. <laughs> um, so, but like we all can go to sleep and have a nightmare. You know, we can all like wake up in the middle of the night and hear a noise and that could be our worst fear, whatever that is, you know, and I think that's what kind of makes it scary is you could literally, you know, be scared to death for one reason or another, um, Mm -hmm. depending on like your heart and the situation and all that sort of stuff. And I think that's what makes them scary is it's something that is tangible to everyone. Yeah. Not like in this situation. That's true. Another thing we haven't mentioned that's been part of DC continuity, at least for the last kind of like 15 or 20 years, is that he can't f- he can't feel fear except for the fear of Batman. Okay. Otherwise, he literally has no fear. Oh, that's pretty terrifying. Like an evil daredevil. Yeah. But oh, then apparently, man. like, during Blackest Night, I was, I was reading about it, he, uh, like, 
he becomes addicted to the sensation of fear when he's around Batman. And then when Batman disappears from Batman RIP and all that stuff, he sort of like goes extra crazy. He has fear withdrawals. (laughs) Yeah. That's terrifying. (laughs) You know where else? Um, There's a pretty good story. That's why he's so excited about the yellow ring because it allows him to feel fear again. Yeah. In fact, he feels like more fear than ever. And he's like, this is fantastic. And I'm going to like show everyone what it feels like. I love heroin. (laughs) (laughs) I love X. It's great. <laughs> he's, a, he's a really dark villain. He is. Like he's a he's really always been sort dark. of treated as like a. Hammy. I feel like he's always been like a B-list Batman villain. I think until re- until recently. Yeah. Well, until until that Batman paint took over, and then they're like, "Oh, this guy's got a whole chuckload yeah, of it true. in his body." So until the the two thousands. Yeah. And then because yeah. once they, I mean. Yeah, I mean, like once they once they started going really dark with it, like that's when it made sense to do that. Uh, yeah. Another little story for Scarecrow that's pretty rad was in that animated movie. Was it Gotham Knight? Yes. In Gotham oh, yeah. Knight, there's like little shorts, and he's got one of the little stories, and I thought that was it was pretty cool. That was pretty good. I yeah. like that too. Um, yeah, he's. I mean, he's become kind of more of a of an. I would say maybe B list still, but I don't know. They put him up there. Like he's up there. He's definitely up. There. I think it's because he's so kind of similar, I guess, to the Joker, and like he's just a madman who's insane. But like the Joker is more theatrical, so he gets more attention. I think that's maybe what it is. He's less. Uh, he's more like the dark. He's more like the dark goth kid who sits in the corner rather than the dark goth kid who wants your attention. So um, he's like the one who's really goth. <laughs> like he's like I don't care. That's that's no, he he's he's worse. He's the ones he was such a nice boy. <laughs> that that's who he is. I never he was so quiet. <laughs> um but yeah, anything else about the but scarecrow the, we should the, mention? The neighborhood dogs just kept disappearing. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> that's that's, that's, exactly that's kinda how I feel that, about that's scarecrow. That's how scarecrow that's is, true. I agree. That's true. Well, I think that's gonna wrap us up for the four color character compendium. Uh so uh we can move on now into the uh into back matter. So what do we have for back matter tonight, guys? So, you know, we always use back matter for like movie time, TV time. Woo. Um, I have some movie and some TV stuff and I'm going to start with a movie stuff here. Um, report, um, gambit director is announced. Oh, so we have a director for gambit and Channing Tatum gambit movie. Yeah. For the Channing Tatum gambit movie um rise of the planet of the apes director rupert wyatt has been chosen oh. to direct the 2016 gambit movie so there you go which apparently is not like x-men universe like canon apparently this is going to be like a fully just separate on its own gambit movie. oh so so like that dc movie steel starring shaquille and <laughs> uh, hopefully or, better than that or like wolverine or that dc yeah, movie like the wolverine captain uh not captain america catwoman catwoman i yeah. have some i have some also some marvel news about some uh, an upcoming marvel movie yeah. right. this is from uh, comic book resources um they have some rumors uh the, the the captain america civil war rumors tease comic inspired updates so we'll see oh. how many of these prove to be true but i like what they're going with this so the rundown from the joe blow article is uh says black panther will have his own mission in the film but will be sided with Iron Man, at least at the beginning. Of course. Black Panther will be able to scratch Captain America's shield thanks to his vibranium claws. Makes sense. Uh, There will be a Black Panther jet. Ooh. Yeah. Hawkeye will sport more purple and full sleeves, similar to his comic counterpart. 
Okay. Oh. Sure. Uh, Ant-Man will get a modern costume and also grow into the role of Giant-Man. Uh, we'll also see Scott Lang. Wrong. It's, it's Giant Man. Uh, this is even better. We'll also see Scott Lang riding on one of Hawkeye's arrows. Ooh. Uh, War Machine cute. will wear a more tank-like suit of armor. Cool. Falcon suit will have grappling hooks and wrist lasers built in. Got sure. Grappling hooks. <laughs> uh, Falcon's bird sidekick Red Wing will get an MCU counterpart in the form of a red bird-like drone. Okay. Uh, and Captain America will finally add chainmail to his costume. I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> About interesting, time. Interesting. Um, so that's one thing. Also, one thing, though, that isn't in there, though, that I'm sure Alan and I are excited. They, we, ha- we have cast our Spider-Man. Yeah. Spider-Man. And You've he gotten is, the, the word. And from what I understood, he is wanted on the, on the set of this film immediately is the word that they said. So it looks like we're getting a Spider-Man update. I don't know. Yeah, man, just making money hand over fist. It's got to be being one of the Uh, most God, you know, being one of the most recognizable comic book characters in the world. He's not in a whole lot. No, Uh, what's his name? His name is Tom Holland. Is his name? He's 19 years old. Um, I saw him doing some flips on the internet. You see that he's posting videos on his Instagram. Him doing backflips and running like side flips and stuff in slow motion. How come they keep crashing? Casting British kids as Spider-Man. I don't know, but this kid look boyish forever. But but this kid looks like most American. Have you guys seen what this kid looks like? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What? I said they're the most Most American American kids. kids. British kids. Have you guys all? Have we all seen what Tom Holland looks like? What this kid looks like? Yes, he looks like he looks like like Peter Parker. He looks like Peter Parker. I thought they were gonna go with like a fifteen-year-old Peter Parker. He's nineteen, but he looks young, so that they're gonna keep him at that teenage age as long as he possible. Harry Styles, Peter Parker. All right, yeah, Yeah, it's exactly who he looks like. He looks like like a One Direction member. I also heard there's some leaked documents. I don't know if this is true, but it says there's some leaked Sony documents that have stipulations for what Peter Parker has to be. Like he has to be Caucasian. And he has to be heterosexual too. You know, it was. It didn't funny. say Spider Man. Okay. It said Peter Parker. Right. And so the <laughs> article that I the I read that I read was a little snippet from Stanley actually. Yeah. And it said Stanley was like, no, Peter Parker is white, straight. You know, this kind of guy. If you want a new Spider Man, make a new Spider Man. Right. Like yeah. make new characters. Yeah. Don't change the old ones when you could just create new ones and use them. Exactly. I, I, because I'm he's Stanley and he's like, he cranks out characters every five minutes. As, as much as to. I love, like, see, that's the thing. It's like, you don't have to make like, oh, let's make the, you know, I, I think that it's okay to make something new yeah. and say, oh, but this is also Spider-Man, but it's, yeah. it's it doesn't have to be, oh, this Spider-Man, but this is Spider-Man. Right. It's yeah. just, you know, it's different. It's, it, it shows, to me, it shows more creativity to create something new and original than just saying, okay, well, this is the, you know, well, whatever color here's version. Here's white of this. version. Here's black version. Here's yeah. Asian version. Yeah. Here's a Spanish It's not black version, Spider-Man. You know. Here's yeah. alien <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's just like, you know, you can make stuff that fits into it, that works with it. Yeah. It's collaborative, you know, rather than saying, well, here's the version with cheese. Here's the version without cheese. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> neat. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I think it's really cool. I, I'm really excited to see what this kid does because I'm 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 a big fan of Spider-Man. I'm but excited. Now, I want to see how they have to rewrite the whole script to fit him in it. Can I ask you a question or though? Uh, can I ask you a question though, Alan? Yeah. Oh. Does it make you feel old now that you're like not young enough to be Spider-Man anymore? Like you're too old to be Spider-Man now? You know, I really like Spider-Man. But here's the thing: when I first started reading Spider-Man, he was already twenty something. Yeah, but but so. d- but don't you feel like <laughs> the true Spider-Man is a teenager, eternal, like an eternal teen? I feel like the true Spider-Man. <laughs> As far as I can, as far as I care, Spider-Man can be sixty. As long as as long as he st- still keeps like making fun of villains as he's fighting them, that's really all I care about. I kind of would love to read like an old Spider-Man, old man Spider-Man. <sighs> yeah, that'd be fun. 
That would be fun. He's just making Charlie. old jokes the whole time. He's just like he's like he's swinging. And he's like, oh man, my shoulder's really killing me. Right <laughs> That's another piece of bad news. I don't know if you guys heard this. Speaking of Stan Lee, did you know that he will not be making a cameo in Ant Man? I uh, heard about that. Uh, it's the first what? time he's breaking tradition. That's well, I feel like that's a lie. <laughs> no, it's true. He no, said I, he he said he said they wanted me out there, but I couldn't make it. So it won't be in the movie. I feel like they're going to find some way to do it. I don't you know, man. After that Avengers man. cameo, that Avengers cameo is pretty darn good. That's true. I feel like, I feel like getting old, guys. He's I gonna feel like forever. they're going to find Shh, He's going to live forever. He's going to live 100 years. Here's what they'll Stanley. do. Stan <laughs> 100 years, forever. <laughs> here's, what the, here's what they'll do. They'll film him in front of a green screen saying something like into a microphone. They'll put it on a news report, make it seem like they're interviewing a local, being like, what do you think of blah, blah, blah? And he'll be like, I think that Excelsior is the best drug on earth. <laughs> Stanley's advocating drug use. Excelsior. Hey, I learned something today about prescription way, about Excelsior. Real quick, one more thing. This is for Alan. That's Did what you know Doctor that Strange was trying to get. He's trying to get Excelsior. <laughs> oh, gosh. I read, by the way, and this is this is actually for all of us. Speaking of Stanley, did you know that he didn't get his big break until he was thirty-nine years old? Wow. So don't give up hope, Alan. Yeah, Keep trying. Same oh, with me too. Appreciate it. No, man. No, I'm serious. Like if Stan Lee didn't make it, Stan Lee, dad of Marvel Comics, didn't make it till he was thirty-nine years old. In, Seven years in a landscape where it. like <laughs> comics weren't even a thing. So let's take a step in back a and realize where, where we are. Comics weren't a thing, which means no one. Which had means any it was interesting. Way he had to harder. Sell it. Comics all were you a have thing. to do, comics all you have to do, is join the stream. All you have to do, you don't have to carve the Come path. Come on, little Salmon Allen, just swim up the stream. Salmon Allen? Salmon Allen. So like Salmonella? Yeah. <laughs> Salmon Allen. It's basically the same thing. Um, it's just you, know, you with a giant fish face. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as TV news is concerned, um, I do have another casting. David Tennant joins Chew animated cast. Oh, oh I heard about this. Sweet. Yeah. Do you know who's going to be? No. Do you guys remember the characters from Chew? Yeah. Uh, yes. He's going to be Mason Savoy. Oh, really? Yeah. He's Which one's be, that one? He's the uh, the big, like, allow me to introduce. Oh, myself. he's the FDA guy. Yeah. yeah. He's the big oh, perfect. I love you, David Tennant. I'm so super down for that. Be great. The skinniest man alive playing the fattest man alive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Eggman, whatever. Oh, he did look a lot like yeah. Dr. Eggman. Yeah. Um, I believe there's also some other DC movie news. Something, something that's related something to... Related to Alan's favorite character? Oh, yeah. So okay, well, tell me what you heard. I'll tell you what I heard. Apparently, according to sources, Batman, the Batman will be getting... The Ben Affleck Batman will be getting his own movie in 2018 Boo. to be called The Batman. Of course. Directed yeah. mm. by Ben Affleck. All right, so here's... <laughs> Is this here's, where Batman robs a bank in Jersey? Because I feel like that's only, exactly what's going to happen. A little Ian, girl disappears and Batman needs to run. <laughs> Ian, I feel like you should be actually legitimately really excited about this because who's the only person who's ever directed yep. a Batman movie who is personal friends with Kevin Smith? I know. Yep. I, know. I guess that's a good point. Although he doesn't see him very often anymore. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think Kev, Kevin but Smith hangs out Compared to everybody like. else who's directed a Batman movie, which person is the one who Kevin closest. Smith knows the most? And also, I mean, like, okay, they don't see each other very much, but you, you got to feel like with this, there's going to be like, hey, um, I was wondering if I could pick your brain real quick. Or like, you, also like, hey, um... Well, so I, I heard you're directing Batman. Here's what's cool is I think that, you know, I've written Batman. <laughs> I think what's cool is this two things. A number one, doing all this, he obviously has a lot of respect and respect and obviously admiration for the characters. He's wanted to play Batman for a long, long time, long, long, long yeah. time. But not only that, time, but not only that, but like he now gets to direct it. So he gets to direct Batman. It almost literally gets to do exactly what he wants with Batman. 
is he doesn't have somebody else saying, well, this is what Batman would do. He's like, no, sure. no, no, I'm Batman. I got it. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that works out. But I think he's, I mean, honestly, Ben Affleck as an actor in the, for the most part, I've seen good, like when he does his own things and he directs his own stuff and he stars in them, they're great. He's a great director. And I, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what he does uh, we'll with, with that. Now, I actually have some news about my actual favorite character. Oh. Oh. Movie related news, yeah. right? Yeah. Movie? Supposedly. Deadpool? And this is, I mean, this is super, super like out of left field, like probably not true deal. Uh, but it made me excited because somebody was talking about um, Chris Pine reading for some other role uh, in, in a DC movie when it was revealed that actually he was reading for Hal Jordan. Oh, I could see oh. Chris Pine. I could see Chris like, Pine. Chris Pine is Hal Jordan. That would be interesting. I could see it. I also heard the other that. Thing, yeah, yeah, no, you go the ahead. other thing was apparently the script should be focusing on Guy, John, and Hal yeah, that's what I heard. and their relationship on oh, neat. as being Green Lanterns. That's cool. Together. Green Lantern buddy cop movie. Exactly. That's cool. I know the name, but I can't put a face on it right now. Chris Pine. He's Captain, Captain Kirk, Kirk in the new Star uh, Wars. Okay. Captain yeah. Kick. He, he Captain, Captain Kick. Star Trek. Star Trek. And, and I I believe I've said before that if they make a Green Lantern movie and they make it a Green Lantern core movie, it's going to do way better. You know, yeah. ironically, right now there is a crossover series that is Green Lantern meets Star Trek. Yeah. You know, on the stands right now. Yes. Uh, there's also a Doctor Who meets Star Trek book for a while. That's yeah, that true. was that one was funny. Yeah. That was, but that one was Next Generation. This one is original series. But they also had no. They also had original series meet Fourth Doctor as well. Oh, you're right. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I actually I have some movie news also. Uh, Lumberjanes has been picked up for a movie. Yeah, that's gonna be awesome. Animated, I hope. Soccer. Yeah, uh, no, Soccer. no. Uh, what? I think live action. Oh, really? I actually think it's cool. Do it. uh, I think it's gonna be you know like a nine-year-old girl movie. As well, long yeah. as they can make like everyone's arms wiggly. Yeah, then it no, works. You know, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if we arms. mentioned this a while ago. It's silly, but because it's superhero related, but it's not like really superhero related. Did you guys know The Incredibles is officially getting a sequel now? Yeah, yeah well, they yeah. mentioned that a while ago. We don't think we mentioned it here on the show, which is kind of silly because we both weird. like. Incredibles I love is a the Incredibles. fantastic movie. Oh, I'm yeah, super excited. But speaking of Lumberjanes, I have some sad news uh, about the comic book. What? Uh, Noel Stevenson, the the writer, one of the writers of Lumberjanes, is leaving the book. Oh. Uh, I guess she's she's leaving sort of on top, and she's she writes for Disney, mm-hmm. uh, for like the Disney show Wonder Over Yonder, and she's doing a lot of other stuff. So it's just sort of like a more of a time based thing. She's got real money to make. But I guess but I guess she's going to be <laughs> like she's leaving for an arc and she might come back for one or two issues things like that. Okay. That's cool. Speaking of comic books, yeah. and one, you know, and uh, other versions of them. What I'm getting at here is Southern Bastards optioned by FX. I heard about TV this. Series. I heard about this. And Jason Aaron and Latour will be executive producers and will adapt the series themselves. Oh wow! That they will be That's heavily be involved. Smart, smart. And it's I mean, let me put it this way too. It's it's going to be on FX. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, okay, FX, whatever. Uh, American uh, Horror Story. American Horror Story. <laughs> Sons of Anarchy. Anarchy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Sons well, of Anarchy was handle those kind of. Yeah. Oh, man. Sons of Anarchy, Anarchy is canceled. Is done already. Yeah, it's done. Yeah. So oh. they're going to need something to fill that gap yeah. with. And yeah, Southern true. Bastards would fill He's that gap perfect. fantastically. Oh, yeah. Easily. I have some other sad news, though. Um, Kelly Sue DeConnick. Ooh. Leaving Captain Marvel. No. Yeah. Yep. I heard good things about the people who are coming in, though. Yeah. I don't remember the exact. Who's, who the, who's the creative team? It's the um, creative team who did uh, Agent Carter. Yes. Right? Yeah. So they definitely know the Ladies Chicken Butt. For sure. And then, uh, and then the guy who's drawing is Chris Anka, uh-huh. who's the one who did the... Um, 
that uh, Spider Woman redesign recently, mm-hmm. where Spider Woman is wearing like a jacket. Oh, yeah. and sunglasses so I think now. they're leaving it in hands. It's going to seem to flow pretty smoothly, but Kelly Sue will definitely be missed because I think she's leaving it. She's been wanting to leave the book, I guess, for a while. Um, but because she's she's spending a lot more time working on like making TV shows out of cool comics. Yeah, which, which, like, they, which yeah. they're doing. Which the they're Fraction doing. Household is going to be. Yeah, they announced a. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know if we ever mentioned this. Dan, that's a Wicked and Divine television show. Mm-hmm. I heard that too. And a sex, and a sex, and sex criminal show. That's mm-hmm. kind of crazy. What that's oh come on, HBO in? would love it's that amazing. or like Showtime. Oh man, they'd be all over that. They need Jeez. a Californication replacement, dude. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that's really cool. I think it's honestly, and I, I'll speak for for you. So I think it's really it's really cool and brave to show to see artists who are like known for something basically be like Miles Davis style. Like, no, nah, I did that. I want to do something else. Yeah. yeah. So and definitely, I mean, obviously. Uh, for her, she left such a mark on that character. Like, oh yeah, she better be getting some. She, she better be. She better be given like some in the credits, like based on a character by blah 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 blah, and Kelly Sue DeConnick in the credits of that movie. I hope so. I hope so too. Yeah, you never know. Anyway, pretty cool. So, Alan, yeah. didn't you have something? I don't want to talk about bummer. Yeah, news. so uh, <laughs> happy news. Good news. A while ago, we read uh, Johnny uh, Lucky Penny, mm-hmm. who was who was like a book created by the uh, two people. Uh, Yuko Ota and Anand. We want to go with Hirsch, I guess. Yeah, I think he changed his last name, but it's Hirsch now. Um, and uh, so they finished Lucky Penny. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've gone back to doing Lucky Penny, sort of like little uh, single one-page deals, and then autobiographical web comics. Everybody should go to JohnnyWander.com. But they have a Kickstarter going on for the Lucky Penny book, so you can go and you can pledge. I think the minimum is like five bucks. And it nets you like the the digital version. I think it's ten bucks for the digital version. Yeah. Uh, but you can also get a soft cover, a hard cover, uh, a Book soft plates, cover and a hard cover, signs, and then cuttings, yeah. and then which is their other like cool Collection. artsy book. Yeah. Um, I I'm gonna put so much money on this. Like I want the soft <laughs> cover on my shelf. Uh, I highly recommend that if you like enjoyed listening to that one episode where we talked about it, or at least you've kind of seen it that i highly recommend that you finish it at least yeah i understand that they're they're going through and they're they're not redoing the art but they're um adding they're some adding tones, tones. And, so they're doing yeah. like ink washes shadow shading that's and stuff cool. like that on all the it's the so art. gorgeous for being black white and gray like it, yeah. it's so good it's like look cool scott pilgrim on another level is that's what cool. it looks like to me that's cool um oh <laughs> and my la- my last little bit of comic book news is uh dark horse now available on comiXology so they ditched their app that yeah. crashed constantly and yeah. they uh join forces with comiXology so you can get all of your dark horse needs there wow all under one roof yeah. Yeah, Amazon's dude. making so much money. You know, actually, <laughs> I saw something here about a certain dark horse character. I wonder mm-hmm. if you can guess who I'm going to talk about. Is it a horse? Is he black? S- he's a horse, and he's not very light. Because oh. um, he's horse? not a Wait, horse, is that a character? but he's red, and he has stuff on his head. And mm-hmm. that rhymed. You know it rhymes. What's Iron Man is again? not a dark horse character. <laughs> America's true. Caveman? America's Caveman. <laughs> Ron Perlman, <laughs> a.k.a. Hellboy. Um, I wish that this link would open up so I can read things to you. I think I know what you're talking about, though, and I'm, I'm really excited about this. Um, do, if you Can you start talking about yeah, it? So Ron Perlman apparently is petitioning for people to support Hellboy 3. I saw him tweet thing. about it. Yeah. yeah. Which is awesome because on, Ryan and I actually just watched Hellboy about, yeah, about a month or two ago. Super action And it's super bros. fun. And Superactionbros.com. It's, it's I think it's a really I think it's really fun. I think it's a, a really underrated horror or kind of like well kind of like I guess kind of a little bit of a horror movie, it but it's also a, a horror action like comic action movie. Horror. 
I'm really excited. Eventually, we got to watch the second one because you don't because oh, Ryan yeah. hadn't seen either of them. I don't think. Oh, no, I'd seen the first one. You seen the first one? You yeah, haven't yeah. seen the second I one. Though. Seen the second one. Second one is a lot of fun. Um, they're both pretty good. Uh, but yeah, I, I I think that's a really really awesome character. It's funny we mentioned Hellboy. <laughs> we might have some Hellboy news coming up here in a little bit. Um, but yeah, so but yeah, I, I think that's pretty cool that he's like trying to yeah. petition people like, hey man, you guys like me playing this character? I like playing this character. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm getting Guillermo. too old for this, so let's do it now. Guillermo. Guillermo. Camarillo. Camarillo. Um, <laughs> also, as we mentioned before, stay tuned for the interview with Heath Corson, yes. author of Bizarro. So I think, boys and girls, we're almost done. Uh, one thing I do want to tell you guys, next episode, be ready. Chewie and I are going to Comic-Con this year, again, like we do every year. Oh, the San Diego Comic-Con? The Comic-Con? San Diego Comic-Con. The, the one Comic-Con. that's in San Diego? The internationally? One that's Comic-Con International. Um, you know so what's... Uh, as opposed to each other Comic-Con, which are national. No, so so I just want to let you guys... State for next local. time, we're going to have a, a lot of lowdown on Comic-Con news, so Back Matter might be pretty packed. We'll see. We might have to skip Compendium that day. <laughs> we might have uh, to. We'll see. You know, you know what's Speaking of which, I heard that uh, Matt Fraction had to pull out of Comic-Con. <gasps> no! Kelly Sue's still going to be there. Yay! With the rest of the crew, but he had uh, something family stuff that he Aww. had to take care of. Is Chip going to be there? It's what I hear. Yes. That's the rest of the crew. Uh, <laughs> Chip you is know the rest of the crew. What's interesting, though? What's, what's interesting and unique about this upcoming Comic Con, Ian? How, do, do you know what I'm talking about? Or am I. You finally got rid so, of all the Twilight stuff? Marvel. Yeah. No, no big, huge. No Marvel Studios panel. Marvel Studios well, panel. Well, okay. Because. I mean, obviously, they're going to go D23, right? I think so. So there's that. Um, Sony yep. and Paramount yep. also joined Marvel Studios in skipping SDCC. Yep. So uh, it's like there's going to be a lot of like just random big gaps, and I'm wondering, you know, what they're going to do to fill it and stuff. And I mean, yes. they've released some of the programming. Warner Brothers. They talked about Warner comic Brothers. books. It's War- happening. Warner Brothers. <laughs> I'm so yeah. excited. Two words for you. Yeah. Star Wars. There you go. This is the year of Star Wars. Yeah. They're like. Don't worry, they got enough crap. And like the fact that you they're th- probably they're just they're, gonna take all those hours. Well, and here's just the thing, like, Star Wars. and you figure that D twenty three would be the big Star Wars thing, but I mean, we just already had a, a big Star Wars convention that they put on that was huge and apparently was amazing. I really want to attend because it sounded like a lot of fun. Um, but they're doing a huge Star like Friday at Comic Con is like Star Wars Day. They're having a huge panel. Abrams is going to be there. I think Carrie. They say special guest, but I'd imagine you'd have to have Carrie Fisher. You'd have to have Mark Hamill, and you have to have uh, Harrison Ford. There. Harrison Ford's not to. going. Yeah, I understand Harrison Ford he's, hates those kind of things. Well, yeah. you never know. He, did. I, yeah, he yeah, wasn't yeah. at Celebration. He wasn't yeah, Star Wars. You he's never not know. Going. You he's never not going. know. He's done. You never know. You never. I'm gonna know. crash my plane there. You haven't been Take there. You have family back. You haven't seen the magic of Comic Con. Like, oh, I don't know, having everybody from X Men, uh, Days of Future Past on the stage at the same time. I yeah, it's getting pretty excited. I'm about excited this. that Marvel's pulling out, and I'm excited that Sony and 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 whoever else is gonna be there because I want to be able to go to Comic Con and Me too. not One day I die. You don't yes. have to. You just avoid Hall H. If you go on this on the floor and La- stick by the com- yeah. and, you, and you stick in the comics area like we do at, like at WonderCon, it's it's a lot I just, easier. I want to go and I want to enjoy Comic Con for can. like being comics. You can and you yeah. can do that. We kind of suit. I want to be last able year. to buy a ticket. Yeah, yeah that would be that's, nice that's as well. La- that's tough. I mean, well, not that it, not that I don't like WonderCon, but at the same time, you know, it's like yeah. I, I feel like WonderCon is really fun. But if you don't go to Comic Con, uh, you know San Diego Comic Con, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, that's yeah. what I feel like the stigma is right now. I really yeah. want to. You know, I really want to go New York Comic Con, New York, which Comic-Con. I hear is larger, 
Mm-hmm. And they have it's it's really easy to get around because they have a huge convention center and there. That's multiple the stories. Mass transit system there. Yeah, yeah New York has a functional mass transit system. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, who knows? With Marvel not going to be there and all these other big studios, it could be becoming easier to you know maybe I mean the, the, the ticketing system or the badge system whatever you want to call it is becoming has become easier over the past couple of years that I've gone mm-hmm. and now with let's say less like hey come here check this out maybe from different studios it might be a little bit easier if they keep making the ticketing system more efficient and they have, let's say, for lack of better words, less draw mm-hmm. or less like off uh, the page yeah. appeal. Right. You know, yeah. you might be able to get in. And that's what we kind of did last year. We yeah. kind of abandoned. We're like, oh, well, Hall H line. That's, yeah, that's we were sitting crazy. outside. I was sitting outside and I look over at you. I'll tell you the exact story and then yeah. we'll, 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 we'll start oh, wrapping things up. Before you tell the story, yes. just because I want you guys to know this. Fear the Walking Dead trailer available. Ooh, Go yeah. I did hear about this. Yes. It. Teaser type of thing. Also, anyway, if you're one of the five people who still like the show, uh, they released oh, a yeah, Heroes, Heroes Reborn trailer. trailer today. It kind of makes me want to watch season four, even though it's garbage, and then watch the show a little bit. Because I, I remember like it. It just brings me back to a different time where I used to watch that show all the time. Um, so tell uh, a little story. Uh, so the story was we were sitting outside at the time we were waiting for Hall H to get in for The Walking Dead, and there's this huge line. And we on like usually every year is how it was. You get out of Hall H about eight o'clock. You can go back to your room. As long as you get back down there about midnight, you're pretty much guaranteed to be under the tents and, and inside. The first year that I went, it was like 10 p.m. There was already a hefty line. We got in. We got some good spots. Yeah. So we're like, okay, 10 p.m.-ish or whatever. It was like 8-ish. Maybe? Last time we so- got out, because we got out of, I don't remember what it was, some panel. Maybe it was Kevin Smith because he did it on a Friday, I think, instead of Saturday that year. Mm-hmm. And so we got out Friday, at, and we're like, okay, let's go get in line for, for or we'll get in line for something. And we look, and it's like 8 p.m. They just let out, and the line is already full for the next day. Like pretty much all those tents, which is a lot, yeah. which is like almost probably if you laid all the people out end to end, would be about a mile worth of people. Yeah. And like we're I, sitting there. That's be more. That's so nuts. maybe even more than that. But we get down there later on. We come back, and we're just sitting in line, and we're like, this they're, is, they're handing out wristbands and it's to like kinda, make sure you get it's in. It's kind of like if you don't have a wristband, you're not getting in. And we're like, we're next to the water where it's windy and cold too. And we're just like, well, let's see if we get a wristband. Don't get a wristband. Don't even get close. And they're like, well, you know, we're gonna go do another round in the morning. And we just kind of look at each other and we just go like, I just look over at Chewie and I go, how is this helping us to be better comic book like writers or be better involved in the comics industry? Mm-hmm. And somewhere I was sitting, I was like, huh. I feel like the world has gotten slightly better. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, I go, you know, this is fun and all, and it's fun to see all the people from the shows and to see the footage and stuff. It's cool. But I'm like, you know what, man, I'm here for comics. And yeah. like, I'm here because this is the one opportunity we have to, to see all the people that really we like. Yeah. And like, if I hadn't made that decision, I wouldn't have gone to see Brian, a Brian Lee O'Malley panel. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't have gone to see the, the, the diffractions and Chip Zdarsky. I wouldn't wow. have got a picture with Matt Fraction, Chip Zdarsky. Yep. Wow. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't. And honestly, to be honest with you, as silly as this and small as this is, I wouldn't have met Dean Tripp. Yeah. I met Dean Tripp on a whim. I saw on Twitter, he's like, oh, I'm going to be at this booth. And I'm like, I'm on my way. And I just yeah. went over there as fast as I could. And he was I super mean, nice. And, and he had me, made me have more of an emotional reaction to Comic-Con because he told me about the epilogue to something terrible yeah. that should be coming out soon. Yeah. And Dean, if you're listening, which I know you're probably not, I'm going to reach out to you and talk to you about that interview we talked about a year ago because I want that. I want to do it when that comes out and there's something yeah, to talk about. 
it, it, um, was, it was rad. I mean, we got to I got to grease palms with some people too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you want to go, that's cool. We'll give you a stack of flyers and stuff. Uh, actually, <laughs> I do have an art project for you. Well, you but, know, I got to take Jenna because she's the uh, the yeah, barker. Oh god. Oh man, if we get Jenna there, <laughs> with, like, a stack of flyers and just like wearing a shirt that says four color commentary, <laughs> like, and we'll get Bella and she'll cosplay. As well. Oh yeah, Jenna she'll and cosplay Bella as a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> she'll cosplay as like the little like, uh, CMYK like wheel. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, we'll do the best to report on all the movie news that happens because, of yeah. course, just like well, anybody, we're excited we'll about that stuff. But you know, don't expect to be like you're here. Don't, don't necessarily expect to hear firsthand tales of us and, in and in Hall know, H. You, and know? you know what was awesome too, like from a more pop culture side, uh, Adam and I ended up going to Adam Clinton. You know, theme song extraordinaire from Stuff and Things. Um, he he, we went to the American Horror Story uh, panel for the new season and. We got to see uh, Kathy Bates mm-hmm. just like chewing the panel up, and she is hilarious, <laughs> dude. Some of the stuff she says too, I'm like, here's a little old grand, like grandma type of woman saying saying, some saying stuff. those things is funny. And like, <laughs> let's be real. Anytime anyone says, "Oh, I met so and so," did they ever meet so and so sitting in a hall all day for a particular panel? No, they were walking around, and then you know you have uh, you have you have. It, you, you just have infinite uh, yeah. possibilities. It's yeah. awesome. So, yeah, expect Comic-Con updates next time. But uh, before we go one more time, I want to remind you, there is going to be an interview after the uh, closing music with Heath Corson, the writer of Bizarro that we read tonight. Bizarro. Uh, so uh, if you guys want to check that out, he's really funny, really cool, and definitely loves DC Comics. So if you're a DC comic oh, nerd, yeah. you should listen to this guy. He's super fun and super awesome. Um, but before we go, we want to go ahead and give you guys a preview of what we're going to be reading for next time. Uh, so it's funny, Chewy, that you mentioned Hellboy. because Is it funny? It is funny because guess what we're reading for First Prince next time? Uh, Savage Dragon. Uh, Savage Dragon. No, we're going to be reading the first paper uh, trade paperback of Hellboy. Uh, do you know what the name of the arc is? Do you have any idea, Ryan? No. No, but it's the first trade paperback of Hellboy. So, But it's on Comixology It is now. on Comixology now because of Dark Horse, so you can check that out there. Uh, so next time, first arc, first trade paperback, volume one of Hellboy. I'm going to read it completely as Ron Perlman. All right. <laughs> so let's go around the circle and talk about Here's My Issue for next time. So Alan, what are you bringing for Here's My Issue next time? So I've been racking my brain trying to figure out how to bring this series to you guys because there's a bunch of comics about it, but I've never actually read any, even though it's one of my favorite things ever. Um, so... I'm going to take a stab at this because it looks pretty good, and uh, we'll all read it together. But it is World of Warcraft special <laughs> oh, number no. one. Oh, no. It is, right. from what I could tell, an introduction into the world and a couple of the main characters. Oh. So I know it's it's probably not going to be your favorite book, but I'm really excited about this. So maybe I can get you guys excited about it, too. All right. So um, I'm going to bring a book I've been kind of sitting on for a little while. It's an image book. It is a number one of four, I believe, called Cutter. Uh, story by Robert Napton and Samus Kevin Fahey. Art by Christian Dibari. Um, but yeah, it's a book called Cutter. And it's on image. <laughs> All right. I would assume it's not safe for kids. I, I've been waiting to read it. And uh, it, yeah, no, it, it's... It's not going to be for kids. I can tell you that. <laughs> um, cool. Well, I'm going to be bringing an image book as well, believe it or not. I'm going to break from my big two like I do every once in a while. And uh, Ryan and I were at a local comic book store, and we heard about this book. In fact, the uh, author, actually, the, the artist for this book is local to where we live. 
Um, and so he came in, I guess, to this comic book store. And I was debating buying this comic because I heard about it. Um, but he came in and uh, actually signed every copy of the first issue of this comic. So with a guy like that, that makes it makes it the kind of book I want to promote. So it's a book called Airboy, Airboy number one, a story by James Robinson, art by Greg Hinkle. Let me just read you the brief little yeah. little synopsis. Uh, worlds and minds explode in a brand new series when acclaimed comics author james robinson is hired to write a reboot of the 1940s action hero airboy he's reluctant to do yet another golden age reboot just what the hell has happened to his career his marriage his life hey it's nothing a drink can't fix it's after one such night of debauchery with artist greg hinkle that the project really comes into its own quite literally because airboy himself appears to set the two depraved comic creators on the straight and narrow but is the task too much for our hero so it's a really meta look right. at, at writing a superhero comic, which I think is neat. I've read this book and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll check it out next time. Airboy number one. Yeah. I am bringing a web comic. Yay. 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 Um, this is actually, it's, it's interesting uh, because it, when I, once I explain it, you're gonna be like, well, of course you're bringing that one. Uh, but it's, I was recently collected uh, and I have the print copy of it, but, but when they collected it, they actually took a lot of it offline uh, but the first three chapters are still available on the internet. And so uh, the name of the book is Nimona, N-I-M-O-N-A. Uh, it's written and drawn by uh, Noelle Stevenson, who later went on to do a book known as Lumberjanes. Um, so, yeah, it's available at gingerhaze.com forward slash Nimona, N-I-M-O-N-A. Um, so I will be bringing that. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening. And we remind you to not come back next time to the not podcast that doesn't like to read comics and hates Alan. Me am not bizarro. Me terrible at this. Me am not Alan. Me am not Chewy. Me am not Ian. Me am not Ian. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's the only one he was right about. Stay in your minds, everybody. See you next time. Hey, hold on for that interview. It's pretty good. Bye. Welcome all you Four Color Cadets, Four Color Commentary. Once again here with another awesome interview at Fat Collectibles in Anaheim, California. Uh, today we are here with Heath Corson, uh, WGA winner. Wow. Uh, WGA award winner. That's right. Wow. Writer. Look at this. Somebody did their homework. <laughs> Lots of uh, animated films under your belt here, including the most recent, very popular uh, Assault on Arkham, mm-hmm. um, as well as some other kind of like, you know, kid-friendly stuff. Like uh-huh. we saw with uh, uh, Batman, Batman Unlimited. Unlimited. Yep, yeah. we got another Batman Unlimited coming out. <laughs> nice. But the reason why we're really, you know, talking to you here is you, you're doing a signing for your new book. Yes. You're doing your book. I'm going to let you introduce your book. My new book is Bizarro. Um, and it is the story of Bizarro, the uh, imperfect duplicate, um, who in this series is an alien. And he crash lands on the planet, mm-hmm. and uh, of course he wants to be Superman, so he cosplays as Superman. He's inspired by Superman. He puts <laughs> yeah. on a Superman outfit, and he runs around trying to help Metropolis. Now, in doing so, he uh, wears Metropolis's patience very thin, <laughs> and they want him out. So, after a conversation with uh, Clark Kent, Jimmy Olsen gets the idea that if he takes Bizarro on the road yeah. and gets him out of Metropolis 
they will, uh, he will be a hero. And in the meantime, he will get a uh, coffee table book out of it yeah. because he'll be able to take all these pictures and get this great coffee table book and get fame and fortune. Yeah. So that's Jimmy Olsen's plan. He convinces Bizarro to go on the road to uh, Bizarro America, which is Canada, yeah. which is what we all call it, right? He's like, why are you here? You should be in Bizarro America, which is Canada, and let's go. So they hop on the road, and it is a uh, buddy comedy road picture. Yeah. And that's the six-issue miniseries, is uh, our guys. Uh, I, I, the way I pitched it was planes, trains, and automobiles with Jimmy Olsen and Jeez. Bizarro. Nice. 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 <laughs> it's uh, just them across the country. So <laughs> that's, that's the book. We'll, uh, we'll drop into a whole bunch of different places in the yeah. DCU. Uh, in our very first issue, we start in uh, Smallville. Yeah. Uh, they'll be bad guys. They'll be good guys. They'll be familiar faces. They'll be trouble. Uh, and with Bizarro, everything uh, sort of turns out bad, even though his heart's in the right place. Yeah, yeah. So I, I gotta ask, you sure. know, um, Bizarro, is this something that you approach DC saying, I want to work on Bizarro? Is this something that they said, hey, we want you to work on Bizarro? How did right. that come about? Um, I pitched uh, my editor, Eddie Berganza, uh, at New York Comic Con, and I was promoting Throne of Atlantis at the time. And so I was uh, um, pitching him. I set up a pitch and I started talking to him about a bunch of ideas and he, he said uh, he liked him, he liked him and out of nowhere he goes, do you have a, a take on Bizarro? And I did and little did I know that they, I think at the same time were talking to Gustavo uh, Duarte, my yeah, artist, yeah. and I think he had put, drew, done some sketches for Bizarro that he really liked that idea. and. Um, they said, do you have a take? And I said, and I did. I, like, it was my last idea on my list. And the, the take was basically just what I told you, uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles with Bizarro and Jimmy Olsen. And he laughed, and he's like, that is really funny. Will you write that up? So I wrote it up, and um, they greenlit it. And, and so then me and Gustavo started talking, and we started working together. And uh, I laid out uh, a year's worth of stories. I laid out like 12 issues. And uh, they greenlit it six issues, and, and we'll see what happens with it. Awesome. But I'm so excited about this first issue and, and just so impressed with how it turned out. Sweet. So yeah. I, I got to ask you then, if, yeah. if you pitched this, uh -huh. what... What got you to come up with this, you know, Bizarro story? Why Bizarro? You know, because yeah. that's not usually going to be on everyone's, <laughs> top of everyone's list. Right. Is this something that, you know, you've had in, in mind for a while? Is this something that you've that's bubbled to the top over time? Or It bubbled to the surface in, as most things do in California, when you're in traffic. <laughs> and uh, I was stuck in traffic, sure. and I was like... Hey, you know what I've never really seen before is a superhero road trip. Like, why haven't they done, like, a comedic road trip across the country? And I was thinking, like, in the, in the vein of, like, Booster and Beetle. Okay. Like, I want two guys that, like, we're going to go, oh, that's going to be funny. And who are those two guys? Yeah. And I started, like, thinking, like, who could I get? Who would be fun to do that? And for some reason I was like, oh, my God, Bizarro. That would be so fun. And also I was thinking of... Um, the Batman 66 book mm -hmm. and how fun that was. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah. whatever it is, it's Bizarro on Route 66. Yeah. Yeah. So the yeah. name of the book originally yeah. was going to be Bizarro 66. <laughs> nice. And they were like, no, we can't do that. So it's just Bizarro. But yeah. I thought, okay, if it's Bizarro, like who's on the road with Bizarro? And I was like, oh, Jimmy Olsen would be the perfect straight man. Um, and also it's, it helps so that you don't get too 
worn down by Bizarro Speak because Bizarro Speak's hard. Yeah. It's yeah. hard to read <laughs> and it's hard to understand and it's frustrating for him because he knows you can't always understand him. Yeah. Um, so we needed someone who could sort of translate for us and speak Bizarro. So yeah. uh, uh, Jimmy was a natural straight man. Yeah. Okay. Um, there was a while there where they didn't think they were going to give me Jimmy, so I had to like create a new character, but oh, it wow. wasn't working as well at all. And so finally they were like, all right, try it with Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. Um, and then it just took off. Nice. That leads me to kind of uh, another question of Bizarro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that choice, and that is... Um, so why... Um, why why bizarro you why know, bizarro why, yeah you know the, the idea kind of came through like that but it, it seems like you you understand bizarro it seems like you've got you know strong connection you know where, where does that stem from well i wanted someone who could be big and misunderstood yeah and there are very few characters that you can play with that are that are that misunderstood like mm -hmm. this one you know like in his and my take on him wasn't like the man monster my take on him was he's a totally normal sophisticated guy yeah. who is having the hardest time communicating with us because he's alien he's yeah. different and he is just i mean i i keep saying he's me in middle school he's just big <laughs> and awkward and doofy and like just wants everyone to love him yeah but does it all wrong right you get it you're like yeah. what's funny about this book is that everybody has been both everyone has been the big doofy just love me guy and everyone's been the guy who's like Dude, chill out. Like, I'm going to introduce you to some cool people. Yeah. Don't embarrass me. And they inevitably embarrass you, and you just go, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm hanging with this guy. Like, what are we doing? So what's fun is that you, you go back and forth, and you're like, I've been both of these characters. So it was important to me to get someone who we could play that um, that difference. We could play that paradox. Yeah. And, and I sort of went through my Rolodex of, like, who can we pull and I hit Bizarro, who had been used as a villain immediately before in Forever Evil. So I was like, well, can I do a different version? And they were like, absolutely. So I knew already it was going to be very different. Uh, the, the take was going to be unusual and the voice was going to be different. So that made it a really good idea uh, because it was going to be a disconnect from what we already had just seen. Yeah. Um, and so that's sort of where it came from. Now, there is a funny personal story yeah. in that when I was a kid... Uh, I was six years old, and uh, we had just moved to Chicago, and I loved uh, superheroes, and I made my own Superman outfit, because I didn't know anybody, and I was wearing my comic book, so I made my own yeah, Superman yeah. outfit, and I made the S in masking tape in okay. the mirror, yeah. and I was dressing as Superman, I was like, this is awesome, nice. and I put like Superman chains on myself in masking tape, yeah. and I had my dad take a picture of me snapping the chains, right? So when I got this nice. job, I was like, I said to the guys, oh, you gotta see this picture of me as uh, Superman. Yeah. So my dad sends me the pictures and I go, oh my God, the S is on backwards <laughs> because I put it on in the mirror. Yeah. Me and Bizarro. <laughs> like, I was like, oh my God. Like, I didn't believe it and I didn't know that until that moment. But I was like, 
there's me cosplaying as Bizarro when as a six-year-old. Yeah. So, like, yeah, it's, I, I it's so perfect. Moment. I have that same moment every time I put on a Superman t-shirt. I'm like, oh, it looks backwards. I'm like, oh, wait, no, mirror. I'm well, see, I bought a Bizarro t-shirt, <laughs> yeah, and every time I wear it, I'm like, and you look in the mirror, and you're like, looks, looks right. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get why Bizarro's like, me and look fabulous. Me and look terrible. Yeah. This looks right. <laughs> so I was kind of like, oh, this actually made a lot of sense. So that's why I put it into the eight-pager. Yeah, so in yeah. the eight-pager, he's looking in the mirror, and he, he, he finger paints it on his chest yeah. and he, it looks perfect to him and I was and I'd never seen someone actually explain why it was backwards, why it, was backwards. Yeah. it just it was just supposed to be a mirror image thing and I yeah. and I was like no no he's got to think it's right yeah yeah and that's what's funny about this guy is that he thinks he's, he's just trying to do the right thing yeah. man <laughs> so how, how is it kind of seen like your your motivations you know with, with this character and, and Kind of a, almost a kindred bond with him, you know, from yeah. an early, early age, even though it might not have been rel- uh, or noticed until more recently. Um, how does it, this is your first comic? It's my very first this comic. It's your very first comic, and you've done, you know, film, you've done animation, uh, you've done originals. Um, you know, I, I kind of want to know how does it feel that your, you know, your stepping out party, your big claim, and, and you know, your stake in comics, your first stake is the character Bizarro. Is that something that, you know, is just kind of like, is, did you ever think that's what was? was Never. Uh, quite frankly, growing up as a comic book reader since the age of five, like, I've been a fan forever. So, quite frankly, like, even as far as I'd gotten in my career, I was like, but I'd never get to do comics. Like, comics are for, like, guys like Scott Snyder and Grant Morrison and, like, my heroes. Like, these are the guys, Mark Wade. Like, these are the guys who are huge, huge storytellers in the business. So then, but I was like, maybe I can. Maybe I could do it. Like, I was super freaked out to to ask. And so then when I started pushing and getting some traction, um, they wanted to know what I was doing, what I wanted to do. And even growing up, I was always a fan of comedic stuff, of comedic stuff in, in superheroes. I was a fan of, like, Howard the Duck, Ambush Bug, Legion of uh, Substitute Heroes. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, it goes deep for me because I love, I, I love doofuses who can't seem to get it right, you know? And that's always really fun to me because their hearts are always in the right place. So I, I ran through, like, who are they going to let me play with? Booster and Beetle. A Blue Devil Plastic Man. Like, who do I get to play with? And to have it land and do this, which is so drastically different from everything, which I think is one of the reasons it's gotten the attention it's gotten, is because it's not the grim, dark stuff that they've had for four years. Like, we are doing something completely different. And so I'm super passionate about comedy and this stuff, and I'm glad to be given a shot, you know. Um, uh, the, the, the Justice League 3000 people have been killing it, and now they're doing Justice League 3001, and um, uh, Jam DeMattis has uh, uh, become a mentor of mine, and I'm just such a fan, and I just... Just like, oh my gosh. And so he's been doing comedy forever. Dan Jurgens mm-hmm. has been doing comedy with yeah. Booster Gold forever. So it's nice that all these people get a shot again and that I'm one of the people that's in there. I never thought that would happen. That's awesome. It's amazing. It's, a, it's really a dream come true. And I just found out my mom sent me a picture of my local comic shop growing up in Chicago that yeah. I went to religiously every week, unknowingly. Bizarro is their pick of the manager pick of the week, oh, and it's nice. in the window. Oh, and awesome. they, my mom sent me a picture of that, and I was like, 
holy crap. Yeah. Like, if you were to go back in time and tell fat little Heath Corson, like, little nine-year-old husky Heath Corson, like, you would have this comic book in that window. Yeah. Like, he would scream and try to run away. <laughs> Who are you, mister? Who are you, mister? Um, My friend so, happy. speaking of comedy. Yes. Um, what are... Like obviously you mentioned planes, trains, and automobiles. Yes. What are some uh, some of the other influences that bring in the sure. laughs and the jokes and stuff? Um, there's some Tommy Boy in there, definitely. I was gonna say, I actually wrote that down in my notes. <laughs> like there's because it feels like a yeah like very there's much like definitely some Tommy far, Boy. Yeah. There's a little Midnight Run in there. Right. Uh, there's uh, <laughs> I hesitate to say this one, but there's a little Rain Man maybe in okay, there. Yeah, no, not. That might become a little clearer when we end up in uh, Vegas. Oh, uh, <laughs> Um, there's uh, what else did we pull from that we talked about there's you know there's a scene in Identity Thief um, I would say if anyone could play Bizarro these days and this is going to be a crazy like what it would be Melissa McCarthy Melissa okay. McCarthy you know is Bizarro. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, you're kind of right now. She's Bizarro. So there's a moment in Identity Thief where uh, J- Jason Bateman is, uh, oh, is Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. So yeah. they're driving and she's playing on the radio and she's like doing... Uh, and every time he, she gets into a song, he turns the station because he's so annoyed yeah, with her. Yeah, there's a scene of that. Yeah. yeah. And like that's, that's, the, yeah. that's it. So there's a lot of that kind of like road trip. There's a little vacation in oh, there. Yeah. Um, but I just love those road trip comedies. I just oh, think yeah, it's so classic. fun. They're so fun. And the setup is, you know, of these two guys just on the road mm-hmm. trying to get somewhere that they might never get to <laughs> um, is super fun. What, what, um, what's it like you mentioned, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say kind of what we talked about earlier, like four years of like darkness and then we have this, you it's, know, a, a ray of comedic sunlight here. Yeah. So what is happy. it like to, to break through those clouds? Because whereas, you know, you can tell a lot of interesting stories in the dark, I think sometimes it can be a lot more difficult to tell an interesting story in the light. Um, how, 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 was, how was that? You know, because you've also done some of the heavier stuff. Totally. You know, and and I love that and, and stuff. And you've done the lighter stuff. So what's yeah. that, how, how's that transitioning, that flipping back and forth kind of work for you? Well, the spine of what you're doing has to be good, no matter what. Mm-hmm. So in storytelling, it's all got to be... Um, well thought out and and done well so even if you're doing it on a small funny scale like what i always like are stakes being super high because they're incredibly low which is why my first bad guy is a used car salesman (laughs) and in the end what he wants to do is sell Sell cars cars. to all of smallville (laughs) which is funny like the 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 fact that he's this guy who's like you're given the power to enslave people's minds and he's like I'm going to sell all the cars. (laughs) But of course he is, because that's what that guy's life is about, you know? So I love that kind of stuff. In terms of what kind of responsibility, I felt a really big responsibility, because it was a new thing, it was a different thing. Um, It was going to be part of the big June launch, um, so there was going to be a lot of eyes on it and a lot of press behind it, and DC has been great about getting this book like out and getting it uh, in people's eyes and telling them about it, and getting me out and about with people, which has been great. Um, but it was a big responsibility and I, w- I was worried, you know, when you're doing comedy, you never know. All you could do is make yourself laugh and you're sitting there and me and Gustavo are going back and we're like, we think this is funny. I have no clue if it's gonna land. We think it's great. 
Yeah. Um, and I'm. It, it was a big. It was a big relief to hear people go, "Oh my gosh, this is funny." Yeah, yeah. Because you don't know. I mean, comedy's in a vacuum for a long, long time, and we live with this book for about a month. And you get nervous, and you see a joke, and you go, I don't know if that's funny anymore. Like, <laughs> you tweak it, and then you tweak it again, and you tweak it again. And if I told you the same joke over and over and yeah. over for a month, yeah. eventually you go, I don't know if this is going to work. We've dissected yeah. it. We've yeah. dissected yeah. it to the point where it just is, the parts all fall apart. Yeah. So it, it, it's a lot of going, okay, I think our technique is good. We're doing it. We're polishing as much as we can. We believe in it, and you got to let it go at some point. And that's... A great thing I'm finding out about comics, it's like television. Eventually, it's got to go. Yeah. Like, <laughs> someone's going to make it and it's going to get released, and you got to go to the next one. So, there's you can't deadlines, sit. There's, there's deadlines. Have to yeah. You know, you can't sit and polish and polish and polish for the rest of your life because you'll never let go of it. Yeah. So, you eventually just have to go, all right, there we go. It Here it is. I'm happy with it. Um, does that answer your question? Yes. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. I have sort of a, like, because I, I have kids, okay. and they love the, like, Tiny Titans and Superman Family Adventure. Sure. And, like, a lot of the, like, funny, like, all the funny DC books in the last few years have only been the kid the They've kid been kiddie, kiddie, so, kid books. So where does this fit into that? Because it felt like like it could be an all-ages book, but it doesn't have to be. Right. It's, is that, how do you talk about that some? <laughs> what? Uh, they came to me and said, is this an all-ages book? Mm -hmm. And I said, this is an all-ages book in the way that The Incredibles is an all-ages film. Yes. <laughs> it is a book that absolutely everyone can read, mm -hmm. including children. It is not going to be geared towards children. It is not going to be a kiddie book. It is going to be a book that's going to be what they call in Hollywood a four-quadrant movie. Mm -hmm. It is going to be from, from five to 90. Everyone is going to be able to read this book. Everyone's going to process this book. It might push the boundaries a little bit in the way that, like, when I was growing up in the 80s, The Goonies was a little scary, mm -hmm. or Back to the Future pushed it a little yeah. bit, or Ghostbusters, but it's not anything yeah. that you couldn't give to my nephews, who are yeah. Yeah. seven and nine, and that was really important to me, mm -hmm. and it was really important to Gustavo. Yeah. Um, and, and we're finding that it was really important to DC because they didn't have anything to point to that wasn't it's kids, yeah. Yeah. that wasn't specifically a kid's book. Mm -hmm. um, so that was, it's a good question and it was something that we really, and also I had to sort of flip back and go, is there anything I'm planning on doing that goes against that? Mm -hmm. And there absolutely was not. Oh, cool. um, but also that's very, it's very Silver Age anyway. Yeah. Like yeah. the Silver Age of Batman and, and, and Superman in the 50s and 60s when you had all the different colors of kryptonite and you had all those <laughs> weird stories. Like all that stuff was all ages too. Oh, yeah. And well, that's what I grew up on. They code authority so they couldn't even... Yeah, so that was the stuff I grew up on. And I was like, let's go back to like that sort of big, wacky, bizarre stuff. Yeah. Uh, and that's sort of a, 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 a tip of our hat to that uh, Silver Age. Nice. Yeah. Well, yeah, because DC has such a big yeah. history there. Amazing history. All, that, all yeah. that fun stuff. And I think that at least there's a section of comics fans who, in the past few years with, with New 52 and stuff, are like, well, what about what about when stuff was wacky? What about things are crazy? And we had some Grant Morrison in there a little bit, but then he was writing like Nazis. That guy. That guy <laughs> can do wacky, man. Yeah, like, like nobody's <laughs> business. But it's, it's cool to see a book like this 
like right up there next to like Lumberjanes or yeah. like some of the other stuff, Adventure Time. Yeah. It's like, hey, this is a great book and I as a grown-up can like it and then I give it to my daughter and she's going to like it and there's going to be jokes that I really like that she's like, ah, but I like this other joke. That's right. And yeah. that's really cool. That's exciting. It's and really cool from, and it's so uh, fun to be a part of that. It's so fun to be a part of that because that's what, to think that what I'm doing is shaping kids like me where I was back then is mm-hmm. is just so fun and exciting. That's right. Yeah, it's really cool. And it's definitely something that we talked a lot about. Like, we wanted to make sure, like... And I'm not... The good thing is, it's inclusive. It doesn't... There's no part of this book that I feel like I'm cutting or excluding yeah, or losing or, or like dumbed that. down yeah. at all. There's nothing that I've been like... Oh, well, I really got to change this for kids. It's like, no. Kids know when you're doing that, and they hate it. Mm-hmm. And so this is like, it, it's also fun because daddy's reading it, and he's laughing. And, yeah. and my yeah. older sister's reading it, and she thinks it's cool. So it's like, oh, it's automatically something that feels like you're, it's a window into an adult story, mm-hmm. which is what I had when I was a kid. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of kind of like books that you had as you were a kid... What you know, especially because you've been doing you know animation and film. Yeah. What got you into comics back in the day, and and what has stuck with you, you know, to make you to keep that that flame burning yeah. to where you are now making. Right. Um, well, to go back to the Silver Age stuff. Uh, once upon a time, when I was in the Midwest, I was growing up, and they uh, they they had these little books called the Blue Ribbon Digests. Do you remember these? And they were something like 70, 80 pages, and they were 99 cents, yeah. and they would sell them in supermarkets and Walgreens. And what they were were reprints of stories that uh, DC owned from the 50s and 60s and sometimes the 70s. And they would be things like, the best story of 1979 and you would get a Legion story and you'd get a Sergeant Rock story and you'd get a Spectre story and you'd get a Superboy and you'd get all these different kinds of things. So I would, they came out with, I think there's something like 80 of them. They ran them like once a month for a bunch of years and I collected a bunch of those and and that was really my gateway into these because I was like, oh my gosh, there's, what is Legion of Superheroes? I've never heard of this. Like, look at this. What is Sergeant Rock? Like, was, yeah. And there were some that I was like, I don't get it. Swamp Thing? I don't understand. Because I was a kid, you know? I'm yeah, going, yeah. it was like an Alan Moore story of Swamp Thing they reprinted. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, I don't understand. This goes over my head. This is way too weird. But, but oh, I turned the page and there's a Superboy story. Yeah, there you and, go. I, I so that. I, that's how I, they sort of mainlined me right into that stuff. And that was how I started, like, as early as five years old. Um, and then after that, I started uh, going to the stores and like going to, to drug stores and just getting everything I could get my hands on. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I, I just, I just loved comics. I wanted to learn. Like anytime I saw a new ca- hero, I was like, "Who is that? Like yeah. I gotta learn about that. Like what are the X Men? What, what Spider Man? That's great." And yeah, yeah. so that I just sort of absorbed everything. Um, so yeah, that was that's sort of my secret history. Nice. And then when we. Uh, when we moved to Chicago, um, and I dressed up like Superman, yeah, yeah. We, uh, there was a little drugstore at the end of our block, and, and my dad gave me a dollar to go there, and I, I went and I got a dollar um, a book, yeah. and I, I was reading the comic, and I got it home, and at the end it said, to be continued. And I was like, uh, it was my first time that that happened, go. and I was like, Dad, what does this mean? And my dad looks at it, and he goes, if I were you, I'd take it back. <laughs> and he was totally kidding, but as a seven-year-old, like I was like, I'm gonna take it back. So I marched back into the drugstore, and I was like, 
this one's broken because it doesn't have an ending. <laughs> and the guy looks at me and was like, yeah, that's how it works, kid. Yeah. And I was like, first taste is free. I was Come like, next month. okay, yeah. that's how we're going to do it? Okay, we'll do it that way. So from that point on, I would yeah. go to the store after school and I would pull out all the comics and I would read them yeah. and I would put them back. <laughs> like, See you later. You don't get my money again, sucker. Who's the sucker now? They would chase me out of there more often than not because I would just wow. sit for hours like just it's reading weird. they were like you gonna buy one and I was like oh no you got me once is, already uh, man is that one that says the end uh huh okay, I don't that. think there is <laughs> you don't get my money again oh wow uh, so I have a question because yeah. you had you've gotten at least with the in the DC animated world to play with some of the the, the big toys you to, so, I got to play with a lot of the big toys <laughs> so my question is as far because I know that you've done the two Justice League um, ones in the Justice League who is who is the most, like, I guess, fun and maybe easiest to, to, to write for? And who is the most challenging character um, to write for? For you. For me, they're kind of one and the same. Like, Batman is probably my answer because um, it's super intimidating to write for Batman because you don't want to be the guy who messed up Batman ever. <laughs> like, you never want to be the guy who messed like they, up Batman. You get a tattoo, like, on your forehead if you do They'll that. They'll be like, <laughs> this dude effed up Batman. Effed up Batman. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, he is the most challenging and most fun guy to do because after reading Batman for years and years and years, you're like, what am I going to do that's going to add to this mythology? And the people are going to go, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And, and uh, so that's really been one of the ones that, that I was really looking forward to. And then giving voices to some of these guys that's a little different. When I, when I went to my meeting um, to get this job with Jeff Johns and um, Mike Carlin and Alan Burnett, Jeff told me, because you're a fan, you're going to have a, a, a challenge with this. Because we don't want these voices to sound like how they've sounded in years and years and years. We want to do something completely different. So you really need to push yourself to find something. Even if it goes against you as a fan, you can't go like, oh, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want Hal to be a douche. <laughs> <laughs> of course we don't want Hal to be a douche. But if you think about it, like the guy is a collar popping, like test pilot douchebag. <laughs> the guy's a douchebag. I am so glad that Alan, Alan's a big Green Lantern fan and we give him crap all the time. He's, not a, he's sure. not a Batman guy. Yeah. <laughs> so we're like, we was always a back and forth with that. He's a douche. <laughs> like, we know he's a douche. He's got like one of the most powerful weapons in the universe on his AP. Like, it's yeah. like, nothing's ever going to hurt me. Yeah. Nothing, I can do anything. I don't care about you guys. Like, it's, and so I wrote him that way. And, yeah. and it's really fun to have those characters like, bump up against each other. So that was really one of the most fun things is to, to lay down new dynamics between the team because, you know, I was a huge fan of the animated movie um, Justice League Doom, yeah. which was written by the late, great Dwayne McDuffie, who I was a huge fan of. And that was sort of how I positioned us as the opposite because I said, this is the league in its prime where they know each other and they have a shorthand and they're like, I do this, you do that, that's the way it works. Yeah. This is the origin story of how we got there. Yeah. These are the guys who like don't know each other. Yeah. These are the guys who don't trust each other. They haven't been around each other long enough to even know like, do I even trust Batman? Yeah. Like, yeah. how do I know he's not gonna kill somebody? Yeah. Like, we don't know this yet. So that's really neat. Um, so that was one of the big challenges of writing that story. Yeah. I really have to also compliment. I like the way that you wrote Aquaman in that movie. Because for, for me, for somebody who like, 
I like comic books, but it's hard to like people who like like superheroes, but they don't know. Like, I don't know if I want to read a comic book to be like, here, watch this. This right. is like based on some good stuff. And seeing Aquaman not be like, I'm Aquaman, whatever, but like almost kind of Superman-esque. Like he's accepting this bigger role. Yeah. And, and also for making him say uh, his, his catchphrase, which is great. Outrageous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we wanted, we knew. It made me smile so much. That's the thing is that we knew that with Aquaman, you inherit a whole lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So you want to acknowledge it. Like yeah. we're aware, like I'm aware of, of how, I mean, Family Guy has worked over overtime to make him a joke for like yeah. 10 years. Yeah, sure. So you got to acknowledge that and you yeah. got to have him acknowledge that. And you have him, you know, go like, Really, an orange shirt? Like, yeah. come on. Because if this happened now, and if this was a real person, they would, co- they would talk about that kind of stuff yeah. about these tropes that I don't think you know you inherit from seventy years ago. Yeah. Like, you got to be able to comment on them, and and thus making them mythology. So, so that's something yes. that I that's really important to me. You know, and we even did it with Bizarro, with yeah. him painting the ass on backwards yeah. because you want to go. Okay, let's back into this. Yeah. Yeah. still running, I think uh, Ian had a question that he was telling me about beforehand. That yeah. Was, um, so because you've gotten to play with all these big toys and stuff, and we've kind of seen what's been the most challenging and fun, um, is there someone out there that already exists that you would like to write for? Yes. Is there someone that you haven't written for that you would like to write for? My dream uh, is to do a Justice League International movie. I would love to do a JLI movie. I talk about it all the time. Yeah. Um, and I'm just like, I w- even doing it as a period piece, or you would, we could do it as a, as a like an Archer-like workplace comedy. Nice. Uh, I, I had a pitch for that at Warner that they really liked that yeah. was um, more along the lines of, I can't believe it's it's the, not the Justice League, yeah. um, which was the, the that uh, metaphor was sort of like, it's the team you join either at the beginning of your career or the end of your career. So you're either coming up or you're going down. And it's a bunch of guys like going, no, no, we used to be the Justice League. Like, we used to be the Yankees. We're, we're cool. And everyone's like, you are a farm team. And it is embarrassing being on it. So I, I keep banging the drum. Oh, wow. All right. I keep, I keep banging the drum of Justice League International. I would love to do something with those characters. Yeah. Uh, and that's how I met uh, J.M. DeMattis, who wrote it, uh, with Keith Geffen and uh, Kevin McGuire. Uh, just a huge, huge fan of that material, and I, I think it's so relevant right now. Um, also, Plastic Man. I'd love to get my hands yes, on a Plastic Man. Um, that would be really cool. Booster and Beetle. Yeah. Um, basically, everybody that I mentioned that like inspired me. Legion of Substitute Heroes. Yeah. There's no Legion right now, but I'd love to do a Legion of Substitute Heroes. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Um, we'll see. Like, I, I, hopefully, this book does well, and they'll allow me to get to do some yeah. new stuff, and and yeah. we'll see. Like, yeah. I would love to play with a whole bunch of stuff. I'd love after this conversation. I'm kind of thinking about it. I'd love to see it, you kind of do your take on Swamp Thing. Oh. you have, you know, Alan Moore, and you have, yeah. you know, Snyder's touch, I and mean, you have all these, you know, writers that have done them really, so you know, very serious. Smiles, huh? Yeah, <laughs> smiling smile swamp thing. Why he's not? Kind of, he's got he's got one of those like little like pontoon boats that goes like on the on the surface and kind of. Like, I would just like to around. see. I would just yeah. like to see like swamp thing like sunbathing. Like yeah, wouldn't you know. he just like sunbathe and like that would make him Photos- happy? Photosynthesis. <laughs> like wouldn't that make us happy? Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah, he's just know. sort of like he. You grow. He makes things grow, man. That's yeah, cool. Be, be fun, like happy know? swamp thing. That'd be cool. <laughs> happy swamp, happy swamp, swamp thing. thing. Happy swamp thing. Um, 
So I gotta ask you then, um, I, I know, you know, you, you probably gotta play things close to your chest. Is there anything you're at liberty to disclose as far as future projects you might have for comics and or uh, film, animation, anything else that's kind of upcoming that you'd like oh, to Oh, I wish. Promote. I wish I could talk about a whole bunch okay. of stuff. There's, uh, I've got some stuff coming down the pipe. Um, okay. uh, the, I'm, I'm do, working on some stuff for animation that okay. uh, because animation moves at the pace it moves, you yeah. might not see till the end of 2016, they're saying. Yeah. Um, but my name, you keep my name, follow me on Twitter, at yes. Heath Corson. Uh, I'll be talking about it when I can. Um, in terms of comic books, I'm, I'm looking at some creator-owned stuff, but mm-hmm. I am loving playing in this sandbox. Yeah. I would love to do some more DC stuff. Hopefully we'll get to move forward on some more Bizarro and yeah. people love it. Um, you're going to see a lot. I can tease some of the stuff in Bizarro. Uh, you're going to see a bunch of familiar faces. Uh, we do a uh, travel log in, in the second book. Yeah. We'll make some stops at uh, Gotham City. We'll make a stop in Central City. We'll make a stop in Starling City. Um, all the big cities. I wonder who these people could be. To you. <laughs> um, and we are, uh, uh, we, we, number three is a, uh, a Western story. Oh, nice. We stop in an old West t- town. Mm. I wonder nice. who could be there. Uh, with, with, with ghosts. Um, and we introduce uh, Chastity Hex, oh, who nice. is a, uh, a bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and we also see uh, El Papagayo, who is an old-time, uh, old west uh, villain. Nice. And uh, his ghost reappears. Oh, that's and right. uh, that's going to be really fun. That's and so then fun. Uh, uh, in four is Zatanna. Uh, our yeah, boys you know. go uh, to Branson, Missouri, where uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> where she is touring. Oh, that's awesome. uh, of course she is. Yeah. She's on tour, yeah. uh, and uh, we find out that Bizarro um, uh, understands what she's saying. And that causes Congrats. all sorts of problems. Are you guys gonna do any more guest stuff? Like you had that the dream sequence drawn by uh, Bill Sinkowitz. I was like, yeah. Yeah, like I freaked was... out when I saw that. Are you? Is is there any more thing? That Maybe. Like Maybe. Cool. Like it was. It's just. Like Isn't such that a big fun? Yeah. What a that great. A I, it was a. It's a great idea. Uh, and and totally. I mean, surprised me when they told me about it. I was like, oh. And it yeah, was something. He's... It was a. It was a. It was a something that didn't leak. Oh, so yeah. it was a big surprise. Mm-hmm. And That's he's right. unbelievable. Oh gosh. I mean, yeah, he is. Unbelievable. And I didn't know what he was going to deliver in the script. I just said like, look here's what this guy's dream would be. And it's like, everybody loves him. His dream, like the <laughs> thing he wants is everything in the universe loves him. Kittens, yeah. children, cyborgs, like <laughs> mad titans, everything, everyone loves him. And that's all he wants. And then and that's the page that came back and I was like, holy crap. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, It's badass. Oh man, what a beautiful image that you've just kind of verbally painted for us here after we've already seen it. Right? I think that's a, that's a, a great a good way place to, to go out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wrap it up on a nice little warm, fuzzy feeling. Yeah. There. Thank you. Everybody again. hate Bizarro. <laughs> Everybody hate Bizarro. Yeah. Don't go pick it up. Yeah. This it's am terrible. Don't this am terrible. This am terrible. But thank you so much for taking the time you guys, to Guys, this is great. Thanks so much. It's perfect. Thanks so much. Nice meeting you guys. This has been a production of the Stuff and Things Podcast Network. Exclusively at stuffandthingsnetwork.com.